Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And use because. <laughs> Andy Baskin sitting in today. Jonathan Peterlin is here. So you're not, um, you know, you didn't sleep in. It isn't 10 o'clock or. Man, if you really sleep in to listen to you, oh, <laughs> you made man. It to seven. Yeah. You're still drunk from last night. Congratulations. Peter Lid's here. All right. So uh, I'm looking forward to today. It's going to be an exciting show, as it always is. we got some great guests for you. We're gonna. There's no rules on this, right, on the show, Mitch? Oh, and there's no rules on the show? There I can are do, a ton of rules. I, I it can, seems like there's a lot of we rules. We just can't talk about the rules. Poobah walks in the middle of our show yesterday. He goes, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, um, working? And he goes, uh... Any chance you want to wake up at four in the morning? I was like, no. And he was like, uh, uh, what are you doing? I go, well, who's doing the show tomorrow? And he goes, Peter. Like, okay, I'm in. So, love it. Thank you. I'm excited. I love listening to you. I love having fun with you. I love, uh, I, you're just uh, a good dude. And I like hanging out with you and I like talking sports with you. And we kind of, I think we've bonded over the years, haven't we? I think, I think we have. I like that. That's a good play, though. I've had a good week in that regard because I told him with G. Bush on Wednesday. He's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get G. Bush or not. And I'm like, tell him it's with me. Tell him, tell him we, we get to hang out together. And then he's like, all right, all right, I'll tell him. And then, and then I'm like, boom, G. Bush came in. Oh, is that and then same thing happened with you. This is, this is good for me. I, I like this. I, I, I got to ask I, this. I like to feel liked. I like we, this. Before we start talking sports, is Lima's kid like 65 now? How long has this guy the been baby? Out? The baby. <laughs> yeah, Enzo the baby just turned four. 40 or four? I remember having a convo with Lima after he had his first child. And then it was somewhere in between there because I was getting ready to have my child. And then he was like, oh, yeah, but you know, in this business, you can't be gone too long on paternity leave. We're not like other places. You can just be gone for weeks on end and take the two months off. And I was like, he's right. And so I had my child and I'm like, all right, week and a half. It's all I took, week and a half. 
And then here, here we are with Lyman. Yeah, you don't, yeah, don't get it back. I don't blame him. He should take off as long as he can. I don't, know that it's, I don't know that it's him or the baby. I think he's taking care of some stuff at the house. So. Oh, and you've been pregnant for like six months, six mm-hmm. years, 16 years. I've got a ton of kids. Did you, do you know how much they owe you in <laughs> FM, FMLA? Oh, believe me. <laughs> I ran the numbers. My guys sat down with their guys. It did not go well. How many kids? I've got six. Brady Bunch or straight? Uh, Brady. I mean, we we call it the six pack. Brady yeah, Bunch. I Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch are, are they all yours? Are they somebody else's? Are they? You know, yeah. you tried to work along. I heard with the yeah. the person that. Well, I pay for them. All, I, well, so I got to tell you, I'm work? I'm impressed with your fatherhood because I I listen to the stories you tell and you are fully integrated in with your kids and what they're doing it's and what's the, going on, man. It's I don't the know reason how you do that it. I continue to wake up at three thirty every morning so that I can be home when they're home. All right, what were you gonna say about your kids? No, you, oh, nothing uh, about my kids. I was going to know a story about the Brady Bunch house. Oh, give me the Brady Bunch house then. So the person that like bought the Brady Bunch house, she rents it out. Or I'm sorry, she didn't want to rent it out for like an Airbnb. Everyone's like, go rent it out. Do, do that. Make a lot of money. And then uh, apparently she went to go try to sell the house because it's not doing very well financially. And nobody wants to buy it because the Brady Bunch is just not relevant anymore. People don't know the Brady Bunch. Yeah, really? Out. The, way that, the way that they use Yeah, I grew up like the Brady Bunch was the Nick and Night show for me. Right, and so I knew it, but I feel like I'm like the they last were on generation. TBS before before the Braves, and they were on WGM before yeah. it comes to baseball. Like if you if you're us, Mitch yeah. Palooza, have you ever seen an episode of the Brady Bunch? Probably not. Twenty six year old. I've never seen the Brady Bunch, but I know of the Brady Bunch and what the show and the movies were about. What is their significance in sports history? That's my question for you. Oh, oh in sports history? Yeah. Do you know football to the face? Anything? Yeah. I'm going. I'm going with Joe uh, Namath. Was, yeah. was it Marsha with the football to the face? Oh, that would be a good one. No, jo- AstroTurf. Oh, AstroTurf. Like, oh, they, yeah. weren't they the first ones the to have backyard, AstroTurf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the bad news bears. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Oh, Greg. Hey, Greg, come out of the backyard. You know how mad Phelps is going to be? That, like, you get on a different show and all you want to do is talk about 1950s television. Oh, are you kidding? I'll be. He's going to be pissed. 50s. Well, Brady Bunch is it, 1950s, right? No, no, 60s? no. It's, it's like, no. Uh, 70s? 70s. 70s? Yeah. 70s? Yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't, well. Is it after Happy Days? So I'm trying to think, was the first episode maybe in black and white? I don't know. I'm sure no. Jeff Jeff is not listening, so. Honestly, my I, so my order for old TV shows goes in the order that they aired on Nick at Night. So, okay. like, it starts with I Love Lucy, and then it went Brady Bunch, and then it went Happy Days, and then it went Laverne and Shirley. And, like, so I just – I think about it in those type of orders. So, for Brady my Bunch gener- ran from 69 to 74. Only five years? Yeah. yeah it like, took up so much of the cultural zeitgeast oh, for that, only being on for five years? Gilligan's Island is the one that really was on for a long time and gets a ton of play. That's incredible. I'm, that's, that's amazing. I don't know. I look at it because for us growing up, it was like – Tuesday night was a big deal because it was, what was it? Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. Then I think Mork and Mindy was in there. And then I can't remember what was after that. What was like that? It was, you know, that was like must-see TV Thursdays for the 70s. You know, Happy Days mm-hmm. and, and, and Mork and Mindy. Back and when everyone used to watch the same TV shows. Yeah, that's, I mean, think about what the ratings were for some of these things. I mean, you're talking, yeah. I'm not saying Super Bowl ratings, but the only thing getting ratings like that now are live sporting events. Yeah, because you or had to actually events. watch it because you didn't have VCRs. You didn't have anything like that. You had to actually be there to watch the TV show. No. I'll never forget that was the, the last episode of Seinfeld. I had a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm going to date you here in a second because you're going to feel really old when I say this. Okay. The last episode of Seinfeld, I, was, uh, I had like an eight-year-old baseball game, right? Like I was, I was young. And I remember them telling the ump, the guy that did it, like, if you start this game, you got to finish this game. You can't leave halfway through to go watch Seinfeld. I'll never forget that. 
and then we played the game. You talk about a re a redo. I wish they could have redone the last episode of Seinfeld. Like yeah. I, I hated the way. Now I'm waiting. I know we're gonna talk about it later in the show, but now I I'm waiting to see how Kerb ends. Hopefully, in a very similar fashion, right? Where he just he, he just, just makes it play very, or he ends up, I, somehow very another, nondescript. He's got to end up back in Atlanta. It's going to be a disappointing ending. No, I'm I'm bracing myself for it. Really? It's got to be. Oh, I don't know. Because of I, what you just mentioned, he didn't do Seinfeld, right? It's got to be a disappointing ending. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, you know, he could go Newhart and wake up on the set of Seinfeld as producer, and then go back to the beginning. You know what I'm saying? That'd be cool. I don't think he'll do that. I don't think so either. There's no way he'll do that. He's not going there. Right, we probably should talk about sports if Pubas head hasn't exploded yet because Let's do it. he's sitting at home. Cavaliers get back on the floor tonight against the Orlando Magic. Um, there's a lot of things to talk about with the Cavaliers. I just, I'm ready for it. I, and I was listening to Amy Lawrence, and Amy's doing the same thing I am because Jeff will crush me if I can't. It's the last third of the season. Like, why, why can't we just call it the second half? It's after, it's after. The All-Star game. So, it is, right? Well, this is the second half of the season. Who yeah, cares? I separate in my head as first half, second half, even though it's not, like, actually correct. That's what I do. There yeah. are times that I cut things in half, and they aren't exactly equal. Yes. <laughs> All right, you got the smaller halves. Dessert. Right. Like, the donuts you guys leave in the front office area. That's, don't say you guys. Yeah, where are the donuts? I thought I was expecting it. You, you think so? Someone yeah. took away our donuts this morning? Oh no, we don't have donuts in the morning. Oh, what do you? you no, said, no, no. Where's that giant no, coffee Ken, pot? Ken brought Ken brought punch oh. keys last week, and me and Mitch didn't eat them, so I think they're they they're out. I'm not yeah, bringing so donuts or anything. Over. No oh no, I'm sure they're probably the still out there. I guess all you do is look. <laughs> they're in Lima's locker. <laughs> they are not in Lima's locker. Please don't say that. Lima Second Lima. half of the season. Okay, so I mean, what are you expecting here? Do you, is this team I, like I I started thinking about, especially when I was driving in in the rain this morning, like because we were talking about this yesterday too that. What should my expectations be here? Okay, they won 18 of 20. They're red hot. I can't expect them to be 18 of 20 or, or even that close, like down the stretch run, especially if you looked at the schedule. They're out west, and then they come home for the final three games of the season. So this schedule is kind of goofy. Um, but I do expect them to go into the first round. I expect them to win. You think about the investment in Donovan Mitchell. They, I expect them to get to the second. I Like, we probably should expect them to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a little much. No? We should, but when you think about the trade and go back and and think about what they gave up, what they'll be giving up in the future, that's what we should expect. I don't know that I do though. I'll be happy if they get out of the first round and get to the second. I'll be honest, especially for the performance that we saw last year against the Knicks. I'm just hoping this team learns something. I, I think the front office set this up in a in, in an unintentionally great way for themselves. They did not mean to flame out against the Knicks last year. But you always want you want to crawl to walk to run, right? You want to get better and better with each year. I think I think because your expectations, once you set Eastern Conference Finals and you kind of checked yourself, you're like, wait, maybe just a first round win, and then we go to the second round, and then I'll be happy. That that's kind of what you want to see. You want to see linear progression in sports, right? You want to see uh, we did we won 51 games, now we won 53 games, well, and, and you can even this. go back. You could say we sucked. We got into the playoff tournament. You can't go backwards. Is the point. Well, going go, backwards is the only right, problem okay. you ever have as a sports fan. I see what you're saying. They got to go forward, and and because they set the bar so low last year, in just you know flaming out in five games against the Knicks, they're gonna have a real opportunity to look like the best version of themselves. And then who knows? Maybe the second round, Andy. Maybe you run into a Bucks team that Giannis is all of a sudden clicking, and Dame has it all figured out, and Doc Rivers is there, and you're like, Are you, okay, you just ran into a buzzsaw. Or maybe you end up with a bad draw and you take on the Celtics in round two or maybe a healthy Embiid with the 76ers. You see all the different ways that I can justify losing in the second round? Yeah, I think you need to get on the other side of the bracket 
Uh, it, do you think they can it's hold like, it? It's like the Bills, though. It's like the Bills losing to Mahomes. You're, you don't feel bad about not making the AFC title game because you lost to Patrick Mahomes. Like, like, and and there's, so many, there's so many ways that happens in the East. I feel like there's three different versions of that happening where we're like, well, it was Embiid. Healthy Embiid and Maxi and the 76ers. They're good. Is he going to be healthy, though, for the rest? You think he's coming back? Yeah, he's coming back. For sure he's coming back. I don't know. I, at first, when he had that injury, I was like, I don't know if he's coming back. He might we'll be see. made of glass, but I think he's going to try. I mean, he'll be, uh, he'll be they, out there. Can they hang on to that two spot? That That's, I think, the burning question for the next few weeks. What would impress you? If they hang on to the two spot, I'll be impressed. Is that why you're watching for the next third of the season, second half of the season, is to see if they'll hang on to the two spot? I'm genuinely asking because I, I, I so much of this Cavs team, we are putting into the idea that they got to impress us in the postseason. What has you excited for the second half of the season? Like, what, what are you sitting there thinking to myself? I, if I see this, I'll know they're in a good spot. For me, it's watching Darius Garland get back into rhythm with everyone else. Like, we had Fedor on yesterday. thought he made a great point about how Garland and Mitchell right now, as a duo. Oh, I are, heard this. They're up yeah. there with everyone. Yeah. I mean, they're up there with the top duos in the NBA. But let me ask you this. Does, how much more does Garland need to be right now? Uh, they won 18 and 20. He came back from injury. Mm -hmm. the, both these guys came back from injury. I, I Jeff keeps talking about the minutes restriction on him too because he's coming back. I mean, which is I, now not a thing. I think JB right. said yesterday they're so they're off with that, the minutes restriction. I, but does he need to be closer to the restriction or back to the way we're expecting him to play? And then what does that do to the chemistry? Because I think part of the problem they had last year, and it, it's just it's not easy to have instant chemistry. Mm -hmm. And I still think that one of the reasons they're having success this year is that they they truly feel like they know each other and they've got a little bit more support and. Uh, and some talent coming off the bench than they did last year. But I just – I look at this team, and I'm like, I, I think they get each other. Like, I think they understand how to play this game a little. And I don't know if that's a, a, a pinch of JB or a dash of JB or is this, you know, Mitchell being able to uh, get this team moving or Mobley. You know, like I'm trying to figure out some of these things as I'm watching. I'm excited because I do think they're heading in the right direction. I'm excited, I should say. The, everything's going right. And I, the, the question, though, goes back to what you just said. What should you expect? What's your level of expectation? And when you look at the big picture, you're like, ah, man, they should probably be teetering oh, on the edge of the Eastern Conference it's, Finals. It's, but it's hard, though. It's hard because we – listen, all they've done is win in the past month, 18 out of 20, as you mentioned, and what do we talk about? We, we get here today and we're like, well, all right, what's the expectation for the postseason? We, we've made it impossible for them. I don't know, forget that. They've made it impossible for us. They've made it hard for us. To be like, yeah, the second half of the season is what we need to really, you know, grab onto and really shape our, ourselves with and our our perception of them with. They they did this to us because of what happened last year. So I get it. If you're the, if you're the Cavs fan that wants to tell me that you're not as interested or maybe you're having a hard time because you're just want to you're get me to the postseason guy. I a hundred percent understand that guy. I get that. But guy isn't completely. that that's the NBA itself though? In some ways, get me to the postseason. In a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. You know, like we talked about Embiid. Uh, 76ers fans aren't freaking out right now. They're like, Embiid will be fine for the postseason. We might not have the best seating in the world, but we still have Embiid, one of the best players on planet Earth. We're going to be okay. You know, Celtics fans, Tatum and Brown have disastrous nights together sometimes in Boston, and their fans are like, it'll be all right. Postseason, they'll show up. They've shown up every single year in the postseason. Yeah, when you're the king of the hill, though, you can kind of feel that way. We know that. We live that. Mm -hmm. You knew you were the king of the hill. You weren't worried I, about the first round or the, second round. Yeah, the round. first round, it was like, I'm not even bothering to play, uh, pay for playoff tickets because LeBron's going to get the job done. And, and if, he, if he just doesn't show up in game two, it's okay. Oh, do I need another all-in t-shirt? Is that what this is all about? <laughs> hey, I'm, I think I'm wearing one right now, if I'm being honest. I think I have. 
I have, I have, this is a whatever it takes t-shirt. That's oh, okay. different. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure yeah. that, that um, you are fully groomed for this. I, I have maybe 30 different Cavs promotional t-shirts in my arsenal. 30, 30. I have an insane amount of Cavs promotional t-shirts. I'll wear them proudly. Well, that's good. I mean, that's a true sign of a radio host that you you have to wear the free clothes that people <laughs> give you. So you eat, try to eat for free. You're like, oh, look at that. Some idiot left half a donut in the box. I can't stand that person, by the way. Like, we know who it is. It's not like I can't stand that person. From here? It's got to be Phelps. No way. Jeff isn't. Ha- Jeff is not a half a donut guy. That I think that would drive <laughs> Jeff nuts. He's a full donut guy. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't think that the half a donut guy works on this side of the building. I don't think so either. I'm going to agree with you on that. I think half a donut makes a way over, takes the half, leaves. I think it's an inside job by somebody that knows that it gets everybody riled up and angry. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> I. <laughs> this reminds me of another pet peeve of this building or other places where, like, do you go to the other side of the building to go to the bathroom? You know what I'm saying? I did earlier today. No one was there. Okay. But it's like, is that. Is that a smooth move, or is that just straight rude? When you have to go to the bathroom and you go to the other side of the building, like so, say you work anywhere, yeah, right? yeah, 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 and you go to an area that you normally don't work in. If that's other not people your, are in that other area. It's yeah, not smooth at all. It's you're very like, rude. you're like, hey, should I? I, I really got to go. I'm gonna go over there. Yeah, it's very rude in that. If that's <laughs> what it is. All right, we are off to a great start. I'm sure Poobah's head has exploded through the first segment, which is fine with me. Uh, Peter Lynn's in. It's Andy Baskin. The boys are off today, so uh, we're going to take care of you and get you to work and get you ready, and we'll get you ready for the midday show because that's that's really what we are. We're the hors d'oeuvre for the midday show. I'll keep telling myself that. You tell us something that you want us to hear at 216-474-0092. 216-474-0092. When we come back, about last night. Now, the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima give their thoughts on what you might have missed about last night. All right, back out of here on The Fan. Jonathan Peter and Andy Baskin with you guys. J.B. Bickerstaff going to lead us off in what he needs to see from Darius Garland on the stretch. Uh, just be himself and play basketball like he's capable of and like he knows where his strengths are. He's elite when he's comfortable and plays within himself and plays his game. His message is the same as everybody else's message. Be the most aggressive, confident version of yourself. Well, yeah. What else would you want there? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I still, like, to me, it's fascinating to see people that have, you know, broken jaw and they can't eat for a while there and it's wired shut and you're like, I don't know how they can, like, that to me is like pure panic room kind of stuff. Definitely. So. If you would only eat through what you blended, how long would you last? How long was that? It was like a month, right? Yeah. Because I had two teeth pulled, and I couldn't eat anything that wasn't soft for three weeks. It was torture. It sounds it miserable. Was pure. Wait, have you heard the story? He was in, so he was in Paris, right? And he put right. the he put a blend, or they went to like a really fancy, nice oh, Michelin-rated no. restaurant right. in Paris, and he put the blender down on the table and was blending up a steak in front of everyone. <laughs> oh, couldn't do it. I couldn't imagine being on an airplane that long. Can you think about that Doing for a that, second? Right? Can you imagine being someone that has no interest in, in NBA basketball and you're there, a really expensive dinner with your wife, and you're just looking over and there's a guy put a, putting a blender on the table. You're on your once-in-a-lifetime trip. Blending up a $300 ribeye? I don't know. I just I would be in tears. Even at this age, I'd be in tears when the doctor said, uh, you know, we got to wire your mouth shut. Wait, you know who would also be in tears? My wife, because she would be happy not to hear from me for a little while there. Too, so. I think it kind of works out both ways. What happens? What happens with us broadcasters if something like that goes down? We're done. We're, we're, just, we're not we're just done. done. We're done. We're what? done for a month. Oh, of course. It's like what, someone's going to listen to the Charlie Brown teacher show. 
Well, I think it's Browns. the same thing that happens to presidents where, you know, you've seen the pictures of them. They go in the office and they're spry and four years later, they look like they've aged 28 years. It's the it same doesn't thing. Take, yeah, Brown isn't Cash. that weird? That is weird, isn't it? Every oh, single one of them. They get so old so fast. I saw uh, President Bush was at the, what was he at? He was at some game over there. W? Yeah, yeah. Fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. <laughs> hey, we're friends. We've met. You've met. You've met George oh, yeah. W. Really? Oh yeah. The, you know, this I've was, met three presidents. Um, three? Really? That's very. Imp- I don't know why. Taft. I think that's cool. No. <laughs> uh, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, Carter, Clinton, W. You've met the. All right, you got. Who was the just, coolest? Yeah, I mean, like, what this, uh, how? How did this happen? Military. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And, you know, happens when you're in the military already on September 11th. You uh, get to meet people, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, all right. So just not like a, they weren't, they didn't come up and go, Owen, how you doing? But it was in the same room, do a handshake type of thing. Yeah. Did You know that Obama was on Baskin and Phelps. I do, I remember yeah. that. Dude, I still, to this day, freak out thinking about, like, the, the 15 seconds before I was on the air with him. Before, so we recorded it. He yeah. was at Ohio State. He was doing a, um, I don't know if it was graduation or something. But he was speaking at Ohio State, and I had to be on the line an hour before. Right. So you call uh, you. We called in. I was in the other studio, and I call in, and you talking to the guy from the communication staff, military guy who was on communication staff, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, Andy, how you doing?" Uh, and we were like talking about Cleveland. We were talking about LeBron. We were talking about all this stuff. And um, he's like, hey, hang on, 30 minutes. I was like, okay. And then we had this, like, regular conversation. And it was just like, you know, it was just me and you, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now well, it was you and him and, you know, 30 people in a different room. That's and, right. But they were listening to me <laughs> oh, waiting. Yeah. Everyone. Oh, really? Everyone. 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 I don't even know. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, as far as I know, it's just the two of us talking. So now we're at, like, we're four minutes out. He And he goes, all right, Andy, uh, four minutes out. Okay. And then, then, like, all you heard was three. Two minutes out. One minute out. And then it's dead silence for that last minute. And then, all of a sudden, this guy you've been talking to for an hour, who's like your buddy, mm-hmm. dude, man, he turns into, like, killer guy. He's like, the next voice you hear coming down the line <laughs> will be the president <laughs> of the United States of America. And I was like, if you need a reminder, like you haven't been waiting for an hour to go ahead. And so talk to them. I was weird. My first line was, "Mr. President, you're gonna have to wait a second. I have to change my underwear." <laughs> I, I mean, it was weird. It's, it's, I'm thinking, it knowing, was, knowing radio people, you're like, "Ah, oh, shoot, I forgot to hit record." Uh, can we, can we start no, that. We over were again? good. We were good. I was just like, I, it was just really like, I was like, "Whoa, this is great." And by the way, forget about politics. It's a chance to talk to a president, right? right. Like, right. I, exactly. like there were so many people like, "No." It's a pre- I don't care who the president is. I'm going to talk to the president if I have that opportunity every time. For doesn't sure. matter who. Okay. For sure. Greg Porter Jr. on Afternoon Drive yesterday. Uh, there was a, a little bit of a hiccup in a, a question asked that Nick thought he got from the morning show here. I did want to kind of get to your journey here. And, you know, there's been such a this story about you being a security guard and allowing yourself to kind of grow into this. How do you balance that? How do you balance the want to to establish yourself as an NBA prospect and then an NBA player while also you're out here working security guard at, at some company. I'm just curious how like you manage th- those two things. 
Uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember ever working security anywhere. I'm not going to lie. I don't think that was me. Are we squashing that? Did that never happen? Did somebody – is that apocryphal? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fib if I've ever heard one. Now, I, oh, I got – worst feeling ever. Brutal. I got bus-tossed, it felt like, out of the break, and then they put it together that it was not me that had given off that information. Uh Oh, and I don't know who came up with that in the I morning I had never show. heard it until it came up, what was it, last week? It was last week. Yeah. I remember I debated with Ken. I was like, Ken, I don't, Craig Porter Jr. doesn't seem like he would have been well, a security Well, and we guard. talked about, like, security. You're thinking, like, you were thinking personal security. Like, he's yeah. like the, hey, get back. Do not talk to this guy. But that was the, but that was there the, are a lot of security guards that just have to stand there and go no please don't shoplift no, but okay no. but but that was that was ken bringing that to my attention right, and then just going did. through that but and was I that was that initially that from, from wymo or was that from ken i have no clue where that came from where would that come from he's only 23 years old at what point well, in his life was I, can, he well, I, can, I can see it. like we have yeah, a security sure, guard down it. here and sometimes the people that work security down here they're you know in charge of making sure that Doors stay locked, so got to make some extra you money. You don't need it's not to be like, a physically imposing person. Yeah, it's not like Craig Porter Jr. is the number one draft pick and all these other type right. of things. Like there's a, there's a there's a world I, out uh, maybe, there where uh, someone uh, like Craig Porter Jr. at one point did work security. I, maybe somewhere in his family, someone owns a security business, and they were like, "Hey, I need someone to fill in." I just want to. Hey, know what are you doing from ten to two? Oh, Poobah needs you to fill in. I mean, one of those kind of deals. <laughs> so behind the scenes here, so we had Mike Martz on. You know, Mike yeah, Martz oh, on yeah, all the time. Great. I love yeah. him. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's awesome. So uh, we're in the middle of um, we're in the middle of the interview, and I kept and so I Google Martz and and Cleveland Browns just because I, I was just wondering because I mean he had been affiliated with a lot of teams, and there was a story where he had met with the Browns and interviewed. And I brought it up in the middle of the interview and I was like, "Hey coach, um you know, you had a chance to talk to the Browns at one point while you were looking for a job. I don't even know how long ago it was." Mm-hmm. And he was like uh I was like, "So what was that like? Did you know was it was it, you know, how what was the experience like?" And he's like, "Um got to be honest with you, I never interviewed with the Browns." <laughs> he's like, it "Just never happened." And yeah. I'm like, "That's great." What? And so, you know, I'm looking, and it was a reputable person in town that wrote the story. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I felt like a, an inch high after asking him about this. Mm-hmm. And then we come back. Now, this is the this is the true question, because I looked at Menigan, and I'm like, should we bring this up or just keep moving forward? And I looked at Menigan, and Menigan looks at me, and he goes, oh, man. Coach just texted me and said he did meet with the I was That's what I was thinking. I was like, did he forget because he's interviewed at so many different he places? He did. So they, yeah. I guess they had met at an airport or something and talked and had a real quick conversation. He called <laughs> back and said he was sorry. So I'm like, Dan, what do you want me to do? Can I go back on the air and say that he apologizes? Because I did talk. He's like, no, we should probably just move on. I was like, all right, I'll just move on. But I'm sitting here going, yeah, who's the idiot who looked up the story that you had talked to the Browns and now all of a sudden he says no and you're like, oh. So I don't know. What was the right play there? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. No, address it. Wait until we get on the air today and so we can talk about it on this show. 100% okay. address it. And honestly, I think in the moment with Nick right there, that was about all you could do. And I thought him and Daryl came back and they did it the right way as well. Yeah. So right, like you, you came back and you're like, wait, where did I get this info? Who who gave me this wrong info? And then how do we go ahead and make this right? It was it was a good segment, fun time all around. Uh, Odyssey Rewind. Go back and listen to that right there. All right. We got a lot more coming up. Mary Kay Cabot's going to join us a little bit later in the show. I can't wait to talk to her. Anthony Castrovinch as well. Mitch, please, man. I can't wait to do that segment. I got a lot of things going on here. This is a lot of fun. I'm feeling invigorated this morning, and the sun isn't even up, and that was about last night. So uh, we're going to talk about Johnny Manziel, David Njoku, all kinds of cool stuff straight ahead. He's Jonathan Peterlin. I'm Andy Baskin. The boys are off this morning. Um, we're hoping that Anthony will be back before his child turns, what, 50? He'll get here. <laughs> it does feel like he's been off for a long time, doesn't it? That's a good sign for him, right? That means he's, he's missed, I would think. Is that true? I don't know. I miss him. I miss I him. Know. I mean, I, you have a what, one-year-old, right? I have a one-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that going? Good. She just celebrated her first birthday over the last weekend. So we had the party and everything for her. That was always, that's a fun time, I think. Oh, yeah. Did you get the smash cake? Yeah, she didn't do the smash cake, though, which means she's probably my kid, which is what a good thing. What a waste thing. of food. Let's think about this. Smash cake. Bad idea. We could donate the, the, the smash cake to kids in Africa. Is that what you're going for well, here? I'm just saying, maybe somebody else could eat that cake, right? No, they intentionally make the smash cake not that delicious. Uh, and I know that because the so the, the person that dropped off the cake, we had two cakes. We had one that was really impressive looking, and that was a, it was basically a show cake that people then could eat and look nice. And then we had the smash cake. And when the woman dropped off the, the cakes, she said to us, she's like, this smash cake is, uh, don't eat it. It's not good. It's not good. It's edible. That's why your kid can, like, pick some up and eat it. But right. you're not going to like the taste of it. I basically just threw whatever ingredients I had in order to make it look like a cake into uh, a cake and then went from there. That's how it works, huh? Okay. Yeah. So, right. And it looked nice. It looked like the other cake. He was right. able to do that. And then I accidentally ate some fondue. You ever accidentally eat some fondue? No. That's gross. Fondant? Fondant? Shoot, fondue is cheese. Fondue is cheese. I yeah. want to get that right before. Oh, yeah, the yeah, fondant. The fondant, not... the stuff they, that like, they put on the top of it. That was stupid of me. Uh, to, like, make it look nice and to make it look good. Yes. Yeah, don't I, eat that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, edible. Never had don't that. eat it. No. I accidentally was. Just, I just started eating some of it before forgetting that you're not supposed to really eat. This. I don't think I've ever had fondue either. I'm like, I'm not a big like. Let's dip this. I, you ever go to like a melting pot type place? No, I've never really done that. that stuff. No, that could be fun. I don't know. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, if in uh, FML, I've got one for last night. Like, I can't. 
believe what happens. I'll tell you that coming up in a second. But uh, just give me – I'm just I'm curious one year in because my nephew, who's friends with your wife, they went to school together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're about to have their first child, and they just had a shower like a week ago. And so I had to go to the store. Um, my wife was like, hey, can you get some diapers? We're going to give them a bunch of that stuff. And I was like – It's nice. I can't get over how expensive this stuff is. Diapers are crazy. Formula is crazy. Yeah. I, I can't believe how expensive formula is. Yeah. Unreal. Now, the advice I would give to your nephew. Yeah. Load up on pacifiers and bottles. That was the surprise for me. Is that I didn't realize how many. Like, you can never have too many pacifiers and bottles. They always go missing. They're like socks. You know how you can only find one sock? You can never find the second sock? Yeah. That's how pacifiers and bottles oh, were. Uh, yeah, I remember. I Unbelievable. Remember. Think it's been so long since we had to worry about. It's just been so long since, like, I had to go buy diapers, and I was just like, "This is insane." Yeah, this yeah. is insane. But I just, I like the funny part was is when the kids are born. I remember people getting diapers that were like four or five sizes too big for the kids when they were born. Mm-hmm. Going, what am I going to do with these? And then when you get there, you're like, "Oh my god, this is like getting a great prize at the bottom of the cereal box." <laughs> it's another present. Yeah. So now you're like, okay, this is awesome. You know, you get to get this down the road. Um. Speaking of surprises, Johnny Manziel pops up, right? He was on what? He was on the Club Shay Shay. Oh, Club Shay Shay. You ever That's been your there? favorite podcast. I have, not, I have not been there. You got, I'm old. What's Club Shay Shay? Can you tell the Shannon Sharp podcast? Oh, all right. Why can't we just call it the Shannon Sharp? I knew you didn't understand who was even behind it. I was like, you didn't spend three hours watching Cat Williams eviscerate everyone. Yeah, that never came into your timeline. I never really thought about it. I was just like, oh, okay. That was a great episode, though. Cat Williams kind of changed my life. Cat Williams, I don't even know if you're joking right now. All right, well, thank you for getting me up to speed on Club Shay Shay. I thought it was, I was like, what is this? What are we talking about? It'd be funny they started doing podcasts from actual clubs too. All right, so before I even play this, do you care what Johnny Manziel has to say? We're going to play yeah. it anyway. You do. I not only because of what he represented to the city, but I think also he's such a big college football figure in general too. I think he's just he hit. We talk about the cultural zeitgeist, right? You you can't write the story of sports in the previous decade. I mean, you can do it and get away with not saying Johnny's name, but it wouldn't be accurate. Like people, there was a time where he dominated sports headlines. Well, there he are, did. There are rookies coming into the league or just entered the league where he was like the guy that got them into football because they were ten years old, nine years old when. When we call this what? What do we call this? The no playbook generation? Is that what we should call these? That's these? a great name. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, I love that. Keep doing that for the next fifteen years. Anybody that no playbook the, generation? That's it, great. Boy, the Johnny Manziel generation. I mean, that's really what it is. Like I, I'm haunted by the fact that you know he was sitting there with Kyle Shanahan and never opened up his like. Look where Kyle Shanahan is right now. Mike McDaniel. I mean, like, yeah, and didn't open up a playbook. Think about how much he just comes up in general. Like, like yesterday, we had a guest on that was talking about Mike Evans, and then he dropped the, the Johnny Manziel thing. He's like, well, think about it. Well, I guess Mike Evans kind of answered whether or not jo- it was Johnny Manziel or Mike Evans at Texas A&M, and who was the one really doing things. It's like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe a lot of people got fooled because he had one of the best wide receivers we've seen in the NFL in the previous decade catching passes at Texas A&M. Like, there, there's a real, it's a real world out there where Johnny Menzel got uplifted by a guy that's only ever had 1,000 yards in every season he's had in the NFL, and he's been in the NFL for a decade. Mm. I wonder if Johnny thinks about that. But, yeah, like, and that, that was just a normal conversation, and he popped I, I, up how many years later? Like, this is, he's going to be around. He's going to always be in conversations. Is, is Johnny now on the regret tour? Is this where we're at now? He's so, been there for a while. He's been there yeah. for a while. Well, I, I mean, the, what was the show that was on when he said, I didn't, I can't even remember what that was. 
He was on the show where he said, you know, where they said he didn't open up the playbook. He was like, <laughs> that was the untold, the untold uh, Netflix story. documentary. Okay, yeah. so that's what I watched. And yeah, that yeah. was good. That was good. I So I, you know me, I love golf, right? Right. And I watch a lot of these golf YouTube videos, and Johnny is like a really good golfer. Like to the point where he is, he is attempting to, uh, I don't think he's ever going to make the PGA Tour. He doesn't have that ability. But he's like attempts to do some like the qualifier stuff and like right. tries to like actually like, like make a run at it. So he does all the golf YouTube videos. He goes on like Bob Does Sports and all these other ones that are like really big in that world. And the man, he just he constantly sounds like he did yesterday, where he he understands he's screwed up. There there there's a there's an avenue for me where I can I can appreciate when somebody recognizes that you're a different person at 24 years old than you are at 34 years old. I, I like that. Maybe that's because that's me personally too, where I just I can see how different of a human I am in just a 10 year stretch. But I like the idea of Johnny recognizing that maybe maybe things got away from him a little bit. Maybe he did spoil some chances. All right. So he was on Club Shay Shay, which everyone knows. Um, that he talked about some regrets that he did have here in Cleveland. The shame that I have for letting guys down like Cedric Aboye and like Jake Matthews and Mike Evans is the same shame that I carry with me to this day about letting down Joe Thomas as a guy who's in the end of his Hall of Fame career and is looking for somebody to come in and lead this team. And then you get me. It's tough. It's embarrassing to have been the guy that have let down some overall really great athletes of my time and of my generation. Something I carry, hopefully, with my head high right now, but at the same time, internally, I know it eats me alive um, because they did more for me than I gave in return to them. Wow. Somebody took a maturity pill, huh? Yeah. I mean, Are we buying what he's selling, though? Yeah, I am. Because I feel like this is, this, is, this is what he's been trying to tell us for a little bit now. Like He, he does. He, feel, he knows he can't rewrite history. And, and there's not a lot of Cleveland fans that want to hear it anyway. But he knows he can't rewrite history. But that's – I don't know what else you can ask from well, the guy. Well, that's, that's one that's like, we all saw it. We know you let down Joe. It's nice that you're admitting you let down Joe, but we all know that. But Yeah, the only way Browns fans are totally healed is when the Browns win a Super Bowl. Right. On everything. I mean, I don't I, – mm. I, I look back at that and I'm just like – I mean, let's not forget that was also the season where well, – the one season where – Brian Hoyer, remember they were. Uh, hey, sir, it's seven and four. Yeah, and Dion right. said, "Pay the man on Thursday night right. football," and where we could have gone from there, especially knowing, you know, because uh, Shanahan was there with with Hoyer, right? Yeah, and so I mean, could you? I, I look back at points in Cleveland sports history where you wonder, man, if it would have gone this way, Steinbrenner is one, right? Mm-hmm. If Steinbrenner gets the Indians, you, you wonder what would have happened there. Um, but there are a million different, well, you know, what if they never moved? What if the Browns didn't move? What if, you know, I, there's a million little things along the way. And uh, and when I was watching the Super Bowl, and maybe I'm the only one that still is hung up on it, but I just, like, we had Kyle Shanahan here. I mean, he was here. And and if he had the chance to be a head coach somewhere, he would have obviously let him have the opportunity. But you're like, man, why couldn't we have seen at that point that Shanahan could have been a coach here? Especially because he was with Pat. For sure. Right? You know, and Mike was like the, oh, what was he, like a fifth or sixth choice? Yeah. For the Browns? Sixth choice, yeah. Because, uh, you know, Banner and Lombardi couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then, and that was also Harbaugh, too, that they thought they had Harbaugh at that point. Oh, it's like, I, I can't stand the regret parts of this, too. So, all right. So, Johnny Manziel making himself relevant. And so, um, that's what he did. I want to talk about the Browns and. Oh, it, it, there's a tough situation sometimes where you're trying to figure out money, you're trying to figure out 
when it's time to let somebody go, and maybe sometimes when it's time to trade or cut or cut or cap casualties, all of those things kind of come into play sometimes. And we were talking before the show. I, I think this conversation is going too far. How far? We'll let you know. 216-474-0092. Wow. Really? Cap casualty? Cut? No. David Njoku? you got to be kidding me. No way. That was a pro football focus podcast. Uh, Andy Baskin sitting in today with Jonathan Peterlin. Uh, the boys will be back. Oh, I don't even know. When When are they coming back? Hopefully next week. Who knows? Next week? That's where we keep yeah, my fingers I mean, crossed. They better be back next week. You think so? Are you going to go on strike if they don't? Oh. <laughs> you don't want to know, Andy. You don't want to I don't want to feel the pain. Want to be a part of the show? 216-474-0092. What do you think of that? It's, kind no, of the- it's wild because I – first, I don't think you can. He's like, oh, if you work out the cap stuff – I've looked at the cap stuff. I don't think you can with David Njoku because it'll be – the dead cap, it'll be too much. And I, I don't want to get into the dead cap stuff and all this other contract nonsense. They, he said it right there at the end. Deshaun Watson needs more playmakers. Now we're going to get rid of playmakers? How do you have David Njoku? He's, he's one of the top tight ends in the NFL. How do you even think about cutting that guy? You can't possibly do it. I, I'm wondering if he just flippantly said something and didn't mean to say it. That's all I can think of because Steve, Steve has been on the station a ton. He's way too smart to think that you'd get rid of a, a situation where you not only need Amari Cooper as your one, but then David Njoku right there as your number two. How, we, we spent the past couple of days talking about adding Mike Evans. We're adding pieces, not in the subtracting pieces part of this team. Well, it's not a Hooper situation either, right, where no. Hooper was underperforming. Yeah, right. Hooper was Joku's just, Hooper was just bad. Better. Hooper was being paid to be a top five tight end. He's had top five tight end money, and he wasn't good. That, that was understandable. It was, a, it was a bad swing by Andrew Barry, and he righted that wrong. Right. David Njoku showed you this last year. He can be a top five tight end in the NFL. Why would you all of a sudden get rid of that? There is no way I'm walking away from David Njoku, and if I'm Kevin Stefanski, there's absolutely no way I'm walking away from him, especially when you're a head coach that likes to gear his offense towards tight ends. Let's face it. I mean, he loves tight ends, and I have no problem. What well, it wasn't a year ago. He was putting three of them on a, on the field at the same time because he was addicted to tight ends. Yeah. And so, but by the way, I'm a. I mean, I love as a guy that played tight end. I like watching. Like maybe that's one of the reasons why I like Kelsey so much too. And I love watching good tight ends. And maybe it goes back to my days of being a kid and Ozzie Newsome and Dave Logan. You know those guys. Mm-hmm. I loved watching those guys play. And so I've always thought that you know that tight end spot is like. Is the journey? It's not. It's the working man's position because you don't always get the credit to catch passes, and you've got to be on that offensive line when they need you. And so, like, I, I love tight end because it's the position of need on the offensive line, yet the caveat of being a superstar by being able to catch the football. And Njoku's great at both faces of it. He really is. Now, the only concern I would have, I think we have this clip from Njoku, right? Let's play this clip from Njoku because the the concern I would have is. Uh, whether or not his stock is ever going to be as high as it is right now based off of what he did do with Joe Flacco. Here we go. When I saw I saw on Instagram that we got him. Yeah. And then I saw him in the training room, and I, I kind of, like, like, sized him up. You know, he was on the Ravens for so many years. I think yeah. my rookie year, he beat me. Yeah. So I, I had to make sure that he wasn't, like, an undercover op, you know. But uh, <laughs> nah, he was awesome. He was, he was a blessing for sure. That chemistry happened just like that, you know. It was almost like I, I knew when he was throwing it to me before – Balls in the snap, just because like I just I, I just it was more like a feel, but uh, no, we definitely had fun. Hopefully, he stays in Cleveland. All right, that was the Green Light podcast with Chris Long, David Njoku talking about Joe Flacco. Yeah, and this is the concern I would have with Flac or with Njoku. Okay, and this is not listen. I I talk about the clip. Don't talk about the clip. With PFF, it is what it is. 
And Joku himself right there talked about the idea that Joe Flacco, he just had this instant connection, right? Like he had this, this understanding. It just became easy. Well, go look at the game log and look and see what Njoku did. In the, the Bears game, he had over 100 yards receiving. The Jets game, he had 134 yards receiving. You can make an argument. Three out of the final four games of the year last year, Jacksonville, Chicago, and the Jets, were three of the best games we've ever seen Njoku play. He was as good in the final stretch of the season. Now, is that one of those products of Joe Flacco, or is that a product of what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think and the, you had the, some the Browns... big-time catches, too, along the yes. way. I mean, it wasn't just – they weren't just like – Hey, we need. Let's pick up, you know, three yards on first down. That, I mean, big time end zone catches where, you know, he. I thought he left his mark last season, and I think sometimes a lot of third down for, plays too. We forget about how young he was when he first got in the league too. I mean, he was. I think he was nineteen when he was drafted. Well, but, but but did he turn a corner, or was it all Joe Flacco? That's the question I would ask around around David and Joku because oh, if I you think look at the early parts I don't of think the it season. mattered who. But I no, think, there was only one. I it was. P.J. Walker that he didn't have the greatest connection with. I, think. I don't. I think he kind of had the yips. I mean, he played with every quarterback in the league basically last year, and right. he, he caught the ball with all of them except for one game that he had the drop season. Well, I'm just yeah. saying. I'm talking about the the high production that he had because he had that it's your second the, leading receiver. The, right. the 77 yard game that he had against Seattle that was P.J. Walker that he had that with, right? Yes. Outside of that game. If you take Joe Flacco out of the equation, he didn't have a 60-plus yard receiving game the entire year. So, like, he didn't have that with, with Deshaun Watson. That would be the only hiccup I would have here. I, I love Njoku. Maybe Flacco is the reason why Njoku was able to turn a corner, and maybe now he'll just never look back because he built up a lot of confidence within that. I'm not sure. But I, I do wonder. I wonder how, you know, because we've seen the, the connections hang on, hang on, stop that Joe Flacco has. The confidence part of this, okay? Yeah. Is it Njoku's confidence? Is it the quarterback's confidence or is it the head coach's confidence to set the play to Ninjoku? Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Like, I, I think that there's a – that you could be a great tight end, but if your quarterback has no confidence in you and isn't going to look at you and isn't going to throw you the ball well, – That might be part of that. I mean, so that, I mean – Because Flacco looked like when he when he needed to bail out of a play and, and it, like, the play broke down on him, it looked like he went towards Njoku. Sure. You know, like it was like, oh, uh, you know, he's scrambling well, around and he's moving like the statue back there. And you're like, Gee, are you stuck in quicksand? What's going on here, Joe? It was funny because the first game, I thought it was Elijah Moore because you're like, oh, the Jets. That's, and he just bombed it up to Elijah yeah. Moore. That's right. And then you wondered which one's going to stay, which one isn't. And and Flacco had incredible games with all sorts of different players, right? You, you talked about the Elijah Moore game. And then you talk about the Houston game with Amari Cooper where he goes for 250 yards. Like he had special games with everyone. But three out of the final four games, and Joku didn't have a game like that the entire portion of the early part of the year. I mean, it, he didn't have a single game like that with Watson this season at all. Not not like he did with with Flacco. And it's just I, I wonder why that is. And and you ask a lot of good questions there. Is that is that a Stefanski scheme thing, or is that a Joe Flacco play breaking down? And all of a sudden he found Njoku because that's where he was looking because he felt comfortable. And Njoku got open. And maybe Deshaun can learn from that too. Maybe Deshaun can look around and think to himself. Hey, it worked for Joe. I, I, it, how, Joku how, is as shorthanded as shorthanded how gets. How could it not work for Deshaun? I mean, Deshaun's the guy is the guy that when the play breaks down, he wants to extend the play. And when you're trying to find someone, I mean, Ninjoku's so big. I don't know how you can't. He's got to be the easiest target to find out there. You he's got to so. be easier to find than Amari Cooper or Elijah Moore. Like I, when a play, when you've got a split second 
to make a decision, you got to believe that Njoku is probably the first. Yeah, but well, there, I think the Jacksonville game helped with that, right? Yeah, you know, the Jacksonville game, he had as many as many touchdowns in that Jacksonville game as he did the entire year up to that point. You know, gets in the end zone twice. All of a sudden, you're like, wait, what, what's going on with Njoku? And it just kind of built from that. And I felt like I don't know, maybe it was instantly. And you heard Njoku there kind of talking about it. Like it felt like it was almost instantly that they had this this connection. And I don't know why that is. I mean, I hey, listen. You've worked with a bunch of radio partners in your radio career. I know you've had one as far as your full-time everyday guy uh, being here at 92.3 The yeah, Fan. Yeah. But you know instantly whether or not you got a connection with somebody or don't, right? Like, you you can tell these type of things, and some develop over time. But why is it that instantly with Deshaun, we didn't have it the same way that instantly he had it with Joe Flacco? It's true. Now I'm looking back at my career, and I'm still trying to figure out why morning BS with Baskin and Spiker. <laughs> Uh, is that the, the fart jokes in the morning that you guys would tell or what? No, what I don't know. It was, you know, it was trying to do stuff in Columbus where you didn't have the rich history of the PGA. You probably would have loved this show. It was on, we were on uh, BNS. Radio. It was a golf show. No, 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 no. Oh. I just, I remember doing the show during the Memorial once and I don't know. Somebody said something about uh, some famous golfer that I didn't know anything about. And neither did Scott. Neither one of us did. And this guy just. He and I don't know why I let him on the I let him on the air for forever, which felt like forever. It was probably only thirty seconds, and he just scolded us on the air. I so I love, it was like a Gene Saracen reference or something. Like I that. love golf. You know, I love golf. Yeah. I often wonder if other sports could handle me as a a, per, a person entering their space, and I don't think they could. Like I love bowling, right? Like I was on a yeah. bowling scholarship to Lindenwood. Like I care a lot about bowling, and I watched I watch a lot it's of bowling. A casual drop, casual. I watch a lot of bowling though, Dang. and I, I I wonder to myself, I'm like, if I did like a like a PBA YouTube channel or like created a podcast or something, would they be? If I took my baseball, my basketball, and my football ability to talk, and just move that towards their sports, towards bowling, yeah, towards bowling or towards golf, would it would it play, or would they just think like this this dude is out of his mind? I mean, right here, you guys probably all think I'm out of my mind anyway. Well, it's but. the same thing about me talking about high school hockey. It's the same thing, but nobody wants to, or or even youth sports in general. Just because I – and by the way, that's coming, dude. That's coming What, for youth you. sports? Oh, just – no, no, no. I'm saying you for you. Oh, like I'm going to do youth you're sports. You're going to okay, sit yeah. down here and you're going to be like, man, I want to talk about youth sports. I, I and can't then make you're it. Like, I can't make it my corner, though. That's 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 your corner. It's not my corner. I'm just – I I mean, I but I just try to bring up, like, big topics and stuff because the last thing you want to do is you don't want to – I don't know. You just don't so, – you don't want to get your kids involved in that. You don't want to bring the whole community sure. in with you, you know? Keith did mention, by the way, he mentioned yeah. the PFF cut about Njoku's taken out of context. They were referencing a list and going through players from another site. That's fine. That doesn't change what David Njoku said, though. No. David but, Njoku th- told you. This also doesn't change the fact that we're still talking about moving players that are active on the roster. Like, there are people that will constantly. Yeah. You know, like, oh, oh well, uh, I, I can't see anybody wanting to get rid of Amari Cooper. But, you know, Nick Chubb is one of those well, conversations who's, who's right Who's in now. the untouchables list? That's what me, I want to know. Like I have my because I thought Njoku was in the Untouchables list, and clearly Steve, if he's taken out of context, he understands that as well. Then I assume for a lot of us, Njoku was in the Untouchables list. Yeah, who's your Untouchables list for the Browns, though? Where you think to yourself? Because I, I listen, we talked about Chubb a little bit yesterday. We can talk about Chubb again coming up here in a little bit, but I, I think a lot of people assume that Nick Chubb was in that Untouchables list as well, based off of Andrew Barry's comments. But the deeper and deeper into the offseason you get, and the more shiny toys that are attracted on the other side, where you're like, wait. If it cost me this and this to go ahead and get, let's say, a Mike Evans, who actually is untouchable? Amari Cooper, untouchable? If to, for me, yes. David Njoku, untouchable? Yes. Both those guys. It's more, But for me, it's also the offensive line. I like, agree I'm with you. I'm not messing with, with our offensive line at all right now. Jedrick Wills, untouchable? 
Uh, no, he's touchable. Oh, well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jed Wills could. I, I mean, we just haven't the the productivity that I thought we would be able to obtain from him has not been there. And you know, you've got Dewan Jones just sitting on the doorstep. Who would who would they trade that you would think to yourself like your jaws on the floor like I can't believe that because because again the entertaining thought of Njoku yesterday I was like that's not real and again Steve cleared it up it was taken out of context and Steve's a very smart guy so I know he knows that okay. but like it just it wasn't going to be reality well maybe we'll do this the Chicago way who's what, untouchable what, what, what way is that oh, untouchables yeah, yeah. yeah. That was for you, my friend. That was a bad Chicago accent. Though. Well, I can't do it. That was not, so give it to me. Give me. No, 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 no. No, do give it. it to you. I got to get drunk before I do a Chicago accent. No, you don't do the whole accent. It's just the Chicago way. No, no, no. no, no, no. I mean, that was an Englishman trying to play someone from Chicago. You got to cut me some slack it's on like that one, too. 5% of people from Chicago that actually talk that way. When I get drunk, though, I do. It, it, sounds, like a, it sounds like I'm part of the, the little the, like Super Bowl shuffle bears. You do know there's a Cleveland accent, too. That's Let's what they talk tell about me. all these things coming up. Tell me. 216-474-0092. Um, Fix My Life's coming up. Mary Kay Cabot, Anthony Castrovitz, Mitch, please. All these things straight out of the morning. Nick was calling in your show yesterday. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was It was me and G. Bush. Yeah. Nick called in. I don't know. He wanted to, like, defend the salary cap's honor for some reason. I don't This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I understand that, but that was uh, a different story for a different time. And, and, listen, and a lot of what he had to say made sense. If the Browns want Nick Chubb here, Nick Chubb will be here. Sure. That's, that's as clear as day, right? But I don't think we get to just choose everybody, Andy. I, I really don't. Same reason why Patrick Mahomes at some point had to say, Tyreek Hill, uh, I'm sorry, you got to go off to Miami is because you can't pay a guy $50 million to be your quarterback and then get to pay everybody. It doesn't work that way. Sure. You know? And so when it comes to some of the untouchables that we're talking about with the Browns, like it's fascinating. We just talked about David and Joku. Everyone knows David and Joku isn't going anywhere, but I do love the idea that we are at least exercising the thought of who actually is untouchable. Who, who is somebody that is not going to be going anywhere? Who is somebody that if you found that out, 
your jaw would be on the floor. Like my first reaction yesterday when people started talking about Njoku was exactly that. It was like, well, that's not that's never going to happen. Well, I mean, the Browns are in a great space with David Njoku. You can't possibly get rid of him because he's such a fabric to this team going forward. Like you can make an argument, Andy, that although we love Nick Chubb, we don't know what Nick Chubb is going to be next year. We're kind of accepting the fact that Nick Chubb might right. be 80, 85 percent, and you're building your roster out that way. We can't have 80 to 85 percent of jokes. I'm not trying to twist this the other way. Yeah. But I kind of have the same feeling for Deshaun. Like, you don't know what Deshaun's going to be after right. coming back from surgery. That's the problem. Like, well, we're in offseason like, deja vu because that was the same yeah. question we had last year, too. We didn't well, know. We didn't but know what we were more worried. Be. Like, it was all rust, and we were talking about he didn't play, and blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I don't know. Until I see on anybody that's hurt. Like, I can't I, – I hate this blind faith we have sometimes in saying, Deshaun Watson's the man, okay? And he, but he is. I don't have a problem with that, that he's the man. It's the the blind faith that we know he's going to be 100% after having surgery. Okay, yes, he's on course to throw and everything. But, I, I mean, man, anytime they open up your skin and got to do something, you're susceptible to not being the same as you were, you were before, right? For sure. So, like, I sometimes we sit here and we, we're just so adamant that someone is going to be exactly the same or better than they were during after surgery. I think there are you know, surgery is always different, right? And, like, I'm really scared about Nick. I love like Nick is without a doubt my favorite player on the team. Like, I, I was almost in tears when he got hurt, and I, I just like I, I I love Nick Chubb, like love the guy, love the way he plays, love the his effort, the way he plays the game. The way he handles things. But, man, when he got hurt, I was like, oh. It was like somebody punched me in the stomach. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know what he's going to look like. We're all talking about how he was able to come back from injury in college. And that's our that's our jumping off point of saying, this is going to happen again. It's going to happen again. I, I don't know that it is. And I really want Nick to be the same guy. I want Deshaun Watson to be the guy that we think he can be too. But I've got to see it first before I sit here with all this blind faith. It was like, well, Deshaun Watson's the man. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much blind faith around this team right now. There is an Amari Cooper, and there isn't Miles Garrett, and then who else can you have blind faith in? Like, Amari Cooper's gotten 1,000 yards with four different quarterbacks. He just continues to – that's what he's he, – Batonio. Joel Batonio. Batonio. But, I mean, seriously, who's sitting around – oh, that was a nice block. Like, my, my left guard. No one's doing there stats. We go. No one's doing stats on the offensive line. Yo, Ethan Posick. Yep. Every other Looks part good. of the offensive line. I mean, I, I maybe Wyatt Teller too, but Wyatt Teller has injuries every now and then. We know someone's a great offensive lineman by the fact that we might be able to see a pancake every once in a while. <laughs> you you, you want to talk about blind faith in speaking? Like the the media is like, oh, greatest offensive lineman ever. Really? Really? I, I, like I don't I don't know how to sit here and judge an offensive lineman. Because I'm not watching them during the game except for the times when they get called for holding or they let somebody go by or they make a tremendous block on their first step when a running back is running right behind them. You're like, oh, damn, that was a good block, man. He's the greatest offensive lineman in NFL history. I wonder, though, if you're numb to it a little bit because you've just seen so many good offensive linemen at this point. Like if Joe Thomas might have even numbed you as well. If you only watch Barry Bonds hit home runs and then you try to watch everyone else hit home runs, it might not look as impressive. I'll give you a little bit of it. I don't know. I just I find offensive line funny because we sit here and we just when someone tells you they're great, they're great, or another offensive lineman says an offensive like 
If I hear Miles Garrett say that, man, I couldn't get by that guy. So that's like street cred to me. And when I hear the defensive guys say, it's the, it's the NBA rule, right? Where NBA players, that's why that's, that's why the All Star game is always so fun, is because it's like you, like they know which guys can ball and which guys can't. Right. They, they, like, there's a lot of guys that get 20 points a game in the NBA that a lot of NBA players are like, he's not that good. You just got to keep your eyes open and pay attention to who who that is. That's why I love NBA like All Star games for trying to like identify those type of things, or at least you used to be able to. Same type of thing with the NFL that way, for sure. Miles Garrett speaks on a left tackle. You've got to pay attention. Yeah, like, the other guy they've been talking about is Jack Conklin, right? Oh, is he going to be okay? Come back? Well, so Mary Kay we was got, on Mary Kay was on with we us last just, week. Really? And, and Mary Kay had mentioned that. And Mary Kay will be on today, too. Right. But she would mentioned how she thought maybe, just maybe, uh, you know, what, what, what happens if Conklin gets traded? And I think she had mentioned Tennessee. And this, she wasn't saying, like, it was going to happen or anything like that. We were just kind of spitballing, having ourselves a conversation to try to figure out who's the odd man out in the offensive line. Would you feel if they traded Conklin tomorrow, would you would your jaw be on the floor? No. Should it be? This is this is the point of the untouchables. Well, this trying, goes trying back- to figure out which people actually are of enough value that if they made a move, you're thinking to yourself, how do we move forward? And I agree with you. If Conklin gets traded, then we're just all right. It's Jed Wills and it's it's Dewan Jones, and that's just our life. And we move. Well, forward. I think if Jack gets traded, it's because they don't believe that he's as healthy as he was before. Because why would you want if he if he could play the to up to his abilities or where he was before and they feel like he's going to be at full strength then why would you get rid of him you wouldn't well because right now you got three guys for two positions okay uh, I, I still wonder sometimes about the Jed Wills deal like how long are we gonna, and, and we're gonna, I'm gonna get you twice on being anti Jed Wills here aren't I uh, it's not that I'm anti it's just I Dewan Jones looked pretty damn good last year. He's yeah, going to need he, a can spot. Can he make the move to left tackle? Why not? I don't know. They tried it in college. It didn't go very well for him. Well, I, if the offensive line isn't good next year, or there are issues with the offensive line, what will be said? This is easy. The man's a slot machine with a helmet. I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and chance the idea that he might be able to do the left side of the line. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and maybe go down that road. But what will be said? What will be said if the offensive line isn't good next year? A couple things. I I know one right off the top of my head. It's going to be Callahan. Callahan, man. It's all going to be about Callahan. Everything's going to be about, oh, well, you know, they had to have but, a new offensive But if you've been paying line. enough attention, and, and I know you have, obviously, but our, and our fans probably have as well. If you've been paying enough attention, the offensive line, it wasn't as good last year as it was in the previous year, the, the year prior no. to that. And, and every successive year, it feels like it's kind of been again, going a little bit There down. were games where we walked out there with one of our starters. Uh, it was tough. We had a lot of injuries. No yeah. one's denying that. And and like Christian on the left side was able to actually like do some things when he's not supposed to be able to. It was the fact that you even know his name means he probably did a decent job. Well, I said Christian. I didn't say Jerron for the first name because well, I think true. that's I think that's right. Is that right? I think, I think that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I don't know for sure. Gerard I think Christian. you're right. Yes. I think that's right. Yeah, you're correct. And yes. he was able. To go. He's a free he had to agent. Introduce too. himself to anybody. He's in the a free hunt. agent. If he was a passenger in some people's cars driving into work right now, they wouldn't know who the hell he is. But like we wa- we watched him and he was fine. He did what he had to do. That offensive line has been. I mean, it's tough. And I think I think next year. I think it's going to be interesting to watch Nick Chubb if he's 85 percent. If he if he is of that, I mean, I it's going to be interesting to see how he does with an offensive line and what exactly. What exactly it looks like when it's not perfect. All right, let's take one quick phone call. Max is in Aurora. Hey, Max. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Good morning. Good Yo, morning. What's up, Max? Yeah, so, like, I'm thinking the offensive line, and, like, who's the weakest spot? And I'm thinking, like, Ethan Posick. Could a guy like Teller move over to take that position? No, that'll never happen. 
Never. No, I, you don't you know, move right guards to center. I, I don't know. Work. In my mind, I don't think that Ethan Posick is the weakest guy on the offensive line. Do you? No. Okay. Max, you do. I do. I do. I think, you know, I think we got to keep these right tackles because they're, they're studs. Yeah, I'm just hoping that – thank you for the phone call. I'm hoping that uh, Conklin's healthy. I think we all are. I mean, that's really where we're at. And then you bring up the notion of – all right, so go through the rest of your untouchables, my friend. Well, and so I, I'm sticking just offensively because my mind – is that bad of me that my mind is so offensive-driven and that's it? Well, I just – instantly, I Miles Garrett is Because the, the defense to so me is fine. So you ask me if my if my yeah, job Miles Garrett's drop, Miles, Like, Miles is the is, – I mean, it is the NFL, and so when it's all said and done – Miles is the job. I mean, driver. I'm I'm taking this team and I, I'm looking at it and saying the defense is good and maybe the defense takes a, a step or two back, which is fine. Uh, so you're not the best defense in the NFL between you, Kansas City, and Baltimore was the the competition for best defense in the NFL. I think Kansas City raised up their banner in a big time way by going through the postseason and shutting down Tua and then Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson all in successive order. So I think like the top three. Browns, Ravens, Kansas City. If we drop down from being top three because we don't spend as much in the D line and then let's say go to, I don't know, top seven or top eight, I feel very comfortable with Jim Schwartz in that defense. So I focus in on the offense because the offense is the part of this game that the Browns need to fix. Where we're there when it comes to the defensive side of the ball with the best in the NFL, we got to get the offense done. All right, before you go to offense, where are you on Zadari Smith then? In or out? If if he was gone, you I mean he's a free agent. I I want them to bring him back. I he's think my every number fan one guy to bring right back. There. He's your number one guy? Yeah, to bring back. So if you if you had the decision between I mean, is, it, is it Flacco or is it, I mean and, and the Flacco story is just, it's a segment unto its own, so I don't even want to go there. But well, no, but think about it from that perspective because it's a seesaw. Remember, right? Every everything you do on the defense is going to impact the offense and the offense and defense. And you can tell me the cap doesn't matter. The cap matters in some of this stuff. And if you're gonna if you're gonna try to spend in one area, you got to take from another area. You can't just spend everywhere. It doesn't work that way. Well, you're rock solid on the offense. You're not rock solid on the offense. You're, that's that's you my problem can, with the offense. Well, your your entire offensive. I uh, need another wide receiver. But here's what I'm no saying. If you asked. wanted to bring back the entire offense, the starters, you can. Are you comfortable running it back? Because like that, that's, that's part so of the let problem. Me ask, we have can with you the get joking. more out of Cedric Tillman? And can you get more out of Moore, out of Elijah Moore? I, I can't bank on that. And I think that's part of the conversation we were having with Njoku. Is that, hey, first off, with Njoku, how much of that was Joe Flacco and that combination that they had where he was able to hit him in stride and have all the, the yak yards and everything else like that? And I'm getting some Twitter uh, comments about that. Twitter reactions brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. And, and people are like, oh, yeah, he was, he was great with the yak. He was great when catching the, the pass in stride and being able to build off of that. I agree 100%. That's why I can't get rid of, I can't get rid of any of the pieces that I – I know are going to be good. And I, I have a feeling, strong feeling, and Joku's going to be good. Amari Cooper is going to be good. But I looked at this offense last year, Andy. I need more. I, I need to be in the you need offensive Elijah Moore? acquisition business. I need Elijah Moore. Exactly. I need him to be more. Yes. I can't. Can you rely on Elijah Moore? Because I, I can't. No, because it wasn't. We didn't see what we wanted to see. I think we wanted more out of that, and you didn't. Can he come back another year? And I, I, I mean, every, you every also team, have to bring into consideration you're playing with five different quarterbacks. So. Every what do you expect? team that isn't Kansas City is giving their their quarterbacks that you would consider to be good all these other these weapons, and they're doing it more than just one guy. You know, like they're giving them all sorts of different. I mean, look at the Bengals. The Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow's got seven different people he can throw to, but the top three we know 
Chase, Higgins, and Boyd are all extremely talented. Like they, they're load up, and look at the. I mean, between the the draft class this year that has a million wide receivers. Okay, but the free you agency had market you, that has a million wide receivers. Like, like I'm jealous of, of the receiving core they have in Cincinnati. Like straight out jealous. Yes. But when their quarterback went down, they won nine games. And where were they at the end of the season? Did we see them in the playoffs? They were a game outside of the postseason. Doesn't matter. Are they you in or out? They finished a game worse than Pittsburgh. They won Are nine you games. In or out? Jake Browning looked like an almost a, a damn near pro bowler. In or out? Out. In, in or out on what? The playoffs. Yeah, but again, their backup quarterback that had been left for dead won nine games because their offensive pieces were so talented. We and brought so good. in a quarterback that was on the couch. You had a guy that was, uh, what's more than beyond left for dead? That's what we had. Dead. Yes. So you think it's fine enough then? No, I'm not. No, I want an upgrade. I mean, like, we could have this argument all day. Because you think I, it's fine. I mean, I just looked at Deshaun fine. Watson. It's Deshaun not Watson fine. Watson was, it, it, they, need another, they need another wide receiver. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But I, I think the bet they made, Andy, was that Deshaun Watson would make every receiver he found to be better, and he hasn't been able to do that. So you could draft guys in the third round, right? So you, is could, that, you could trade for Elijah did Moore that become and more, get the best out of him, and he just wasn't able to do that. But did that become more relevant because Joe Flacco was able to find everybody and make everybody look better? I think it's, it definitely spotlit a lot of things, did it not? Yes. I mean, imagine being Andrew Barry. You go to bed at night. You lay your head down at night, and you're like, I, whew, Joe Flacco was able to put up a lot of yards with these guys, and he made a lot of we, – we brought him Njoku up for a reason, right? We had a lot of guys that – Really didn't play that great, and in a five-game stretch was so awesome he made the Pro Bowl. He got a, he got a, the majority of all his yards, and again in that Jacksonville game alone, he had as many touchdowns as he had the entire season up until that point. Like I mean, it's this is why we talk about these things because you got to think if you're Andrew Barry, how do you go to bed at night and you're wondering how do I get this team better? Is it because Deshaun Watson didn't do it? Is it because Joe Flacco was that good? Like what what's the dividing line there? All right, it's so just, so we've had this more whole, questions and answers. All right, we've had this entire conversation, and yet I still. Haven't heard your untouchables. You'll do that when we come back. Also, uh, FML. I got to tell you, something happened last night about that. I mean, I'm glad I have the platform this morning to be able to share that with everybody. 216-474-0092. All right, you got to fix We will me. not be doing that. We're not. Live Thursday because neither Carmen nor Lima are here. Oh, you know what that means? We're not doing it. No, we'll just have to. I'll just have to <laughs> cut another. It's always game day in Cleveland. With there we oh, go. That's good. There we go. There we go. Another it's one. fun that you bring that up here, Jonathan. Yeah, we can always promo that because Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin discuss the latest news surrounding Cleveland Brown Stadium and try to answer the question, is there a dome in the future of Northeast Ohio? Is there? Should there be? Find out during the new episode of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Subscribe now, 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app. So for our loyal listeners of that podcast, we're a little bit off right now because it's off season. I mean, there's so we're doing only a couple shows a week and then we'll be back so to our regular format. Game day, but, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it, you know what? We should rename it. You know the story behind that one too, don't you? It's a, it's an, it's always sunny in Philadelphia well, thing, right? Well, yeah. Well, it started off as that and then Poo, it was Poobah's idea. I give him credit. Okay. So his idea I mean, to rip off. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Or? So that was kind of like the, the kind of, I think that was a catalyst for the names. And then all of a sudden, he starts, like, handing the name out to everybody. He's like, ah. Hey, oh, that's right. They got it in, like, Buffalo or something, yeah, too. So, they you go to, so it's it's not easy to find the podcast sometimes. Uh, so, But it's always easy if you go to the Odyssey app. But sometimes even on the Odyssey app, it's it's hard to find. You got to type the word Cleveland in there. Well, you guys are the best at it. So it's, you know, you rise oh, to the you top. Wow. Rise to the top. Flattery will get you everywhere. You know uh, that. We can so. only hope in life.
Um, all right, we got to fix my life, but I still need your untouchables. Okay, so offensively, my untouchables are as follows. And okay. they, these are the people that, like, my jaw would be on the floor if I found out that we traded them or we got rid of them, and I just, I can't believe it. Fire up overtime with Jonathan Peterman because five hours, it's, it's just not enough time. I would need seven hours to discuss this one. Okay. So, sorry to Bart Winkler. No show that night. I'm going to two in the morning. Amari Cooper. Okay. Joe Batonio. Okay. Wyatt Teller. Okay. David Njoku. Gotcha. That's it. Watson's not untouchable. He's not untouchable. Now, we we can't. He's untouchable. We can't trade him. Nobody's going to touch him. <laughs> no one wants him. But, yes, he's not untouchable. I, I just. Chubb also not untouchable either, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, condition. I caught both of those two. I, I'm just. I, I'm, Chubb I mean, is, I'll wait, be shocked. You I know might what? Be, I'm going to go back. I'm more. I, I'm going back and forth. Chubb is not because of the injury, right? If right. he wasn't injured, he'd be untouchable. Right. right. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. It's not. Okay. Saying, I'm not saying it's the decision I think they'll make or what they would make. But I also, I would look at it from a football perspective, and I would say to myself, okay, they don't want to gamble on 80% of Nick Chubb if that's what Nick Chubb ends up being. I, I can logically get there, even if it's not the decision that I would make. Gotcha. I, I, I still look at the Watson thing. I wish there was some way. Can't we give him some kind of uh, contract that – Last through the next couple lifetimes. Can't we renegotiate his contract? <laughs> like make it a seventy year deal, like a baseball deal, so that we don't Are have those to sit sweet here and Albert talk Pujols about deals. Yes. Or you're like you're, or you're Bobby Bonilla Day. Why can't it be Sean Watson? It's Day gonna turn into that. In twenty fifty six or twenty sixty six. Still keep paying him there. And so that way we I, like I just feel like we're handcuffed on other players. And 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 it, because of the, the salary cap issue there. Correct? Yeah, kinda. Okay, well, it's bothersome. I don't want. I know, I know. That's why I'm I'm curious as to why you want to extend it out. Just keep paying. Like, can't we just keep paying him so it doesn't hurt? the Oh, you want to do the thing where like Tom Brady got paid 35 million last year from Tampa Bay? Yeah, you want to do that thing and like how Aaron Rodgers still got paid money from Green Bay. So Rodgers is the one, right? Rodgers is the one. So it could at least give you some relief that if you want to try to go out and get a a wide receiver. Did you know this last year we were still paying Austin Hooper? Oh, no, we I paid him seven million dollars. All right, so now I'm getting grumpy. So this is a good opportunity to fix my life. All right, let's okay? do it. You ready? All right, we're fixing my life. All right. FML, my life. My life. FML, Danny. What do we do? Fixing lives. My life. I'm getting grumpy in my old age, man. Like. My wife looked at me last night. So we were at Kent State. We were watching some hockey last night. Yeah. And win. Yeah. And so, but that, that wasn't the point. The first point was, so I'm sitting here and like, like now I'm grumpy alumni. I'm walking in the, in the arena. Yesterday. Do you wear all like your Kent State alumni? Stuff no, it too? wasn't a Kent State thing. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, you're in the building. So, yeah, so I'm in the building and they used to have two ice rinks there. They tore down one of the rinks so they could build, I think an indoor band facility so they could practice, but the band practices up by. Uh, 59, which is, it's like on the other side. I, this is all like Kent State logic, but it's on the other side of Tri Tower, so it's a little bit of a walk from one. And I'm sitting here going, and, and so listen, I like marching band. I like people who are in marching band. Please don't take this personal. But I'm like, why do they need this marching band thing? Like, I'm confused. Kent State has a field house that the marching band, they're like, if the marching band really needs to practice, wouldn't they like to be on a hundred yard field? So they tore down one of the rinks at Kent State to build this indoor marching band facility. And then I'm going, Kent State marching band, not exactly the first marching band that I think of when I think of marching bands. Ooh. No offense, 
No offense, please don't. We're all I'm alumni. Like, yeah, but you, good you, with that? you the realization you came to was that everything is follow the money, right? Follow the green brick road. Everything is always money driven, right? So right. clearly, you you just you hit the realization that is this the marching what, is this band an old thing. The marching no, the marching band clearly brings in more money than the hockey team. Well, no, that's not even the point. The hockey rink is still there. The, the, the ice hockey rink is there. They had another rink that was there that was like a figure skating rink or something, or it was a secondary oh, rink. Oh, okay, so it brings in more money than the figure skaters. I, I Really? Well, I guess if that means that you've got paid students that are want to be in the marching band and they're going to pay to go to school there, then that they – Versus the, like, five people? I'm going to be honest. Them? You fixed my life right there. I never looked at it that way. I, never, I just looked oh. at it. I was like, what are they doing here? Like, well, why is the marching band – Getting this, why, or just it go It might build. not necessarily be a brings in money, but costs you less to maintain type of thing, too. Well, yeah, ice rinks are expensive. A little bit yeah, the answer is always money. At the bottom yes. line, at the end no, of it, you're like, right. what, what is. The theme is money. Theme is money. The answer can be different. 90% of life problems of it are is, solved with follow the money. Kent State has land. It's not like they don't have land for a marching band facility. And I'm looking at this, and, I'm, and so then you brought up the point when you think of marching bands. And you have a list. It's Ohio State, and then to oh, me, oh no, that I was think, Owen. That wasn't me. I've, I've oh, never done. A, I've oh, never done a march. I was going to power rank my marches. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never, I've never so done a, a, a marching oh, band. Here we go. Okay. Obviously, Ohio State, best damn band in land. Absolutely. They're known all over TikTok and whatever else you can get, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's probably University of Ohio, right? Yeah. Ohio University, yes. <laughs> What's it called? It has a name. Uh, the Marching 166 or yeah, something like something that. Like I don't know. That. Is that what yeah. it is? Maybe I gave him too many. And then it's just every other band. Oh, no. Then it's Shaw. Mm-hmm. Like, for my money, in the history of lifetimes, the best marching band I've ever seen that was not a traditional. I wish I had traditional. That's probably not the right way to put it. Shaw High School. Like Shaw High School. It. They weren't oh. playing John Philip Sousa every day. Yeah, they're not yeah. playing. Oh, I, I saw them last year, and I thought they were good. So here's the other fix my life part of this because I'm just getting grumpy left and left right. So we stop and we're gonna get something to eat after the game last night. Mm-hmm. And I don't give this away, but if I say to you six tacos, what's a reasonable price for six tacos and a cup of queso? Expensive side is like thirty five dollars because that's like that's like five or six bucks a taco. Yeah, I was going with that, and then maybe with the tip, I put me in forty five territory. We had six tacos. It was like sixty bucks. 60 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks a taco with a tip. That is putting gold leaf on the. I I don't know. I looked at the bill and I was just like, I I didn't expect this. I was just, I don't know why. Maybe I should have just been brighter when we were. I only had two tacos last night. Did you put like a million fillings in there? If we just broke it down to me, I paid 30 bucks a taco. And it wasn't like. But were they good? No, it wasn't that good. Food's expensive. Okay, that's a problem. Food is very but expensive. But sixty bucks? Yeah, I know food is very bucks. expensive. Sixty bucks and you're not satisfied afterwards. No, so so fix my life. Is this me days. being old and just grumpy, or no. and I, by the way, still left? You know, even though I wasn't satisfied, it still left. You know, eighteen percent tip. 15%. I look at the difference in chart, like in prices for uh, different like fast food or stuff like that when I go through relative to what they used to be. And the apps are usually good for fast food; you can get discounts there and stuff. Right. But I think about it like what it used to be, and then I'm like, I, what is this going to be thirty years from now? What, am I going to? I'm a hundred percent going to be that person that's like, I can't believe it. We're paying we're paying seventeen dollars for a cheeseburger now. 
But that's just that's where we're going. Oh, that's easy. I can find places to spend. But if it's a good cheeseburger, it's worth it. No, I'm not even saying good cheeseburger. I'm just saying like a you know run of the mill yeah, cheeseburger. I, I, is it me again? This is old man me. That it seemed like prices dropped a little bit on some food, fast food, during the pandemic. And now, like when I go back to order that, it seems like it's three times as much as it was. Everything, man, it's just so Gotta expensive. Get the apps, the apps are the clutch for that stuff. Uh, you, it really me, is. get me up to speed because I'm. A download every fast food app you have in the world. Just download every one of them, and then right. there's all sorts of deals. And it's all like if you're comfortable ordering went, ahead, yeah, you can you can save a lot of money in fast food. I went from guys that would drive past a place and go lines too long, not gonna set into it to the lines long enough that I have time to order on my app. So when I yeah. get to the to the speaker, I can say my order number is GV78. And wow. you get like reward points too. Yes. Can you walk in and pick it up or no? Yes, you can. Yeah. Oh, no. You got to be on the apps if you're going to do fast. Food. I got to tell you, you what's clutch is like, so there's a coffee place down here at Playoffs. Which Square. It sounds funny having like a million apps for fast food places on your phone, but it's, yeah, I do. So, we, like, you know, there's some pretty good coffee places down here. One, yeah. I, I absolutely love. It's just sometimes it takes too long for me to go over there. That's, I, that's my first choice. Then I go to the, Big name one. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how, because I have to walk right by to get to the station. And so I hit the app as soon as I walk out the door, and it's ready in two minutes. By the time you get there, yeah. Yeah, it's delightful. I, I, you can that, Apple Pay and everything, too? Yes. Delightful. It is amazing. It is simply amazing. Mary Kay Cabot is going to join us in the next hour. Also, who needs to educate you about basketball? Hmm. We're going to go to school next. I got to explain this to me, because I don't know. We'll, we'll get to J.J. Redick in a second, but I... It's trending. Yeah. We saw it on the TV, and then I, I, I'm on now Twitter right here. Now it makes sense. So, listen. So, obviously, um, your boys aren't here this morning. Menigan. 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 Why am I saying? Menigan Lin- might be here. Menigan will be here in a little bit. He'll be here for the afternoon show. He's going to fill in for me on the afternoon on the midday show. Do you know Peter any Lin- of the time slots for any of Yeah, I sort of do. You, you know, when you've been here more than a decade, they're kind of just in the back of your mind. And you I am over a decade. Kind of care. And go. But you got to be what? I'm over a decade now. Yeah, from when I started... When I interned, I'm decade so of a paid employee. Poobah, you, me, Keith, Jeff. Garrett, technically, Garrett, has been yeah. here since the beginning, right? Close to it. Jeff I think, Thomas. I think Let's not forget Nick about Wilson. Jeff Thomas. Well, Nick had his Daryl. Charlotte sabbatical for a it's while. a lot of people. You, in most if radio it, most radio crazy. stations, you don't have this many people that have still Is there anybody here. I forgot? I please don't want, I don't want to leave anybody mm-hmm. out. This minute since I said Keith. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Dustin. How did I forget about Dustin? Dustin, too. Anyway. Um. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Okay, so we were having trouble on our conference call this morning before we get to J.J. Redick, right? Yeah. And so now we know well, the I, real reason. And, and yeah. I'm watching this, and I'm, I'm looking at, like, apparently there's just a major outage for cell phones. Major. And it's got all the major carri- uh, carriers involved. Apparently. I just had them. Okay. It's got AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, U.S. Cellular. Everyone is affected. They're saying that, I, I guess, they're, I, I have no idea what's actually happening, but like, it makes sense. We, we had so here, five I'll tell different you conversations exactly. this morning that got hung up on us. And I, I thought it was your phone that was bad, but sometimes... You both took I, credit for your phone being bad, and then the well, probably the third or fourth time 
You both said no. That one was you. I so yeah. I yeah. Because then you start getting well. Then you start getting angry. So like, I, I'm my always, phone. It's your phone. Yeah, most people get mad about that. So I'm always the first one. I'll fall on the sword. I'll be like, oh, it's my phone. My phone sucks. We had four drops on the on the call this morning. Yeah, I'm I'm the first one to be like, no, nah, that that's on me. My bad. Because most of the time, then you just call back, and then it's not a big deal, right? But then Owen heard. Owen heard. And, right. and I even took a second blame where I was like, oh, yeah, it, it was my uh, my AirPods. I'm like, my AirPods got in the way. Yeah. Clearly, that's what happened. AirPods took over. I had you on speakerphone. AirPods right. took over. We lost connection that way. And the third time, Owen heard me. I was like, I listen, that's you, man. That's that's not, that's not me. And what I, did I say? I took the blame. Yeah. You took the blame. I yeah. said, it must be me. But now I'm reading the story. AT&T reports massive it's a, outage. It's a possible cyber attack. Is what some Verizon people on Twitter and T-Mobile are also down for some. Well, that's my trending right now. Is first one is U.S. Cellular. The second one is hashtag outage. The third one is AT and T down. And then AJ Brown. Somewhere. Does it only affect? It seems like it only affects. That's funny. Um, like making calls though. And this is nationwide, right? Yeah, I mean, it's this is nationwide. It to yeah. Be, yeah, this wow. is everyone. All right, so if you're having cell phone trouble, that that, that might explain why no one's calling. If the you show still this call things, yes, like our station at two one six four seven four. We did take a couple calls this show. Yeah, we got a couple. Some people maybe they were on landlines. That's why. And do you know what a landline is? That's another yeah. thing I find myself having to explain of sometimes. Of you do, I do, but I, like I said, landline to somebody. Like, What's the landline? I'll and never like, forget my landline number either. Growing up, it was oh. four, it was four four five five zero nine nine. It sounds it sounds like a comic book number. It doesn't sound like a real number. It's four four five five zero nine nine. And there used to be this guy. This guy used to give this number out at the club because it was such a fake number, right? Wait, wait. And so for for two years of life, growing up at like eleven, twelve years old, on Saturday, Friday, Saturday nights, we'd get calls all hours of the night from this guy that was just giving out his number to all these random girls, and they would call all hours of the night. Oh, really? And, and we'd just be like, listen, he's not he's not here. He's never been here. That is what it is. Yeah, and. And it, it, every night for like two years, and then all of a sudden it just stopped. And I don't know. I'll never he must find have out. Start getting on a different number. That's, that's all. what I wonder. I never find out if either a something happened to him or b he was like, listen, enough is enough. These poor people at four four five five zero nine nine, they've had it for too long. They're good. I'm gonna let them off the hook. I don't. I miss. I, you know, I use my old number for a lot of stuff like um, email addresses and stuff. I love using that because it's a number that I'll never forget. And there's places where you can use it in your life and. That's a great idea. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of my old phone number. But all right, so uh, take me along the ride with JJ Redick, especially with the Cavaliers getting set to come back tonight. We've got the NBA going back uh, to playing Orlando Magic in town. So yeah, JJ Redick has basically taken over that. You know that 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 weird, awkward time in between the All Star break and like the game, the All Star game ending, and then now where we're at, where we got games tonight. There's like that that, that the little NBA window, dead zone. The NBA dead zone. It's something NBA... I like to call. The worst four days in sports talk radio because there hasn't been a whole lot. That's not the All Star game for baseball around you. Uh, there's, there's nothing. No, there's nothing because happening? we're so close to football that okay. I'm okay with it. Like yeah, you're th- gonna this... ra- get a random quarterback doesn't want to be here story. Yeah, something like always that. seems to happen. There's always something, and even worst case scenario, you're gonna play. IL game highlights. Whoever was the greatest yeah. baseball player in the International League during like, the All-Star And, and what used to be you had college basketball right now. And I feel like no one pays attention to college basketball anymore, so just kind of dead. Like I watched the Illinois game last night, and I'm like, am I the only person in America watching them blow this double-digit lead? That's either here nor there. doesn't okay. matter. Okay. J.J. Redick has helped fill up this dead zone, okay? Because J.J. Redick in successive days has gotten NBA fans up in arms. First, he started talking about Doc Rivers and went down this whole entire stretch. 
And then this was him on first take yesterday and the responsibility that he feels like he owes people. It's, it's odd. It's, it's interesting, though. Here's J.J. Reddick. Since when is it players' jobs to educate people on basketball? When did that become a thing? When did that become a thing? Isn't that our job? Isn't that our job? It's our job to educate people on basketball. And here's the reality. This is the okay. ecosystem we live in. I can do okay. a video on my podcast. I can do a video on my podcast where I break down the last nine games the Pelicans have used Zion Williamson as the primary ball handler and what type of actions that has led to. I looked it up this morning. 54,000 views on YouTube. But I want to call out a coach yesterday. Oh, that gets tens of millions of engagements. That's the ecosystem we live in. So do fans actually want to be educated or not? This type of... Whatever J.J. is doing right there is so infuriating to me, Andy. I, I, I can't stand the guy that wants to be former player turned media and then argue about getting into our space and our arena. It, it just it's bothersome to me. That I is kind of good. So, we, again, I just want to make sure we give credit. Where What was that? That on? was on first take. That was on first take. Okay, ESPN's first take. I, I, but I don't understand. Like I like when players try to become a part of the media. I think that's great. I think they sure. give interesting angles. But understand the arena that you're entering. Like that, This is the world that we're in. If, if you want people to listen to what you do and to take in what you do, understand they're not going to be interested in the Giannis Antetokounmpo breakdown that's going to have 54,000 views uh, about different, uh, you know, PNRs and different ball action and everything like that. They don't care about that. People live in the mud. It, it, the sports media world lives in the mud. It's okay. It's fine. We like lists. We like rankings of things. We like talking about Doc Rivers and if he's resting on the laurels from 2008. That's what generates interest. It generates It content. all goes back to one thing. Do other people see things the way I see them? I think that's a big part of wanting to be a part of any sports talk conversation, Right. You want to either feel like, oh, or you want to feel like, oh, Baskin has no idea what he's talking about. Complete idiot. How'd this guy get on the air? And then it makes you feel good while you're listening. Well, but how much, how much should us as broadcasters, how much should we try to educate fans on the nuances of the sport versus just giving them, hey, Deshaun Watson versus Joe Flacco? What do you think? He uh, Here's what JJ... Here's where like, he's like right. J, JJ's trying to make the argument that he wants to do more of the more of the nuance. He wants to do more of the the deep analysis, but he's saying we as people just can't we can't take that in. We can't comprehend that, which is fine. But understand that that's the arena that you've entered. You you've put yourself in this situation. I saw yesterday somebody um, they made the analogy to being invited to an Uno party and being excited. You're like, great, I'm gonna go play Uno. This is awesome. And then showing up and then being like, I hate Uno. Uno's stupid. That's basically what JJ Redick has done. He wanted to be a part of the media space. Right. He wanted to be a part of this. He entered a part of it. He got a, the biggest seat at the table you can get and then just wants to complain about how this is what media is and this is what talking about sports on TV is, talking on sports on radio and what it is. Like, we, we, how, many, how many film breakdowns have you done in your 12 years of being on sports radio? You don't do any. None. Because no one's interested no. in a film breakdown. If you want that, that's on YouTube somewhere for you. Right. With the same space, the same space that's getting 25,000 views. Yeah, we don't live in the world where, you know, it was like you were going somewhere for uh, – like, literally, when I first started in the business, we would do scores from all the NBA games, and we would do – I remember moving to Montana, and they thought it was crazy because everybody in Cleveland did this there. And I'd have to sit there and read every NFL score from a Sunday. And read every Major League Baseball score from it. And so finally, I'm like, this is insane. Let's do what they do in Cleveland. And let's just put it on a roll. 
and then roll it for three. Like, literally, hmm. the way you got scores was you would watch the 11 o'clock news on TV, and you would say, now, here's all the scores on a roll. And they would run a roll of all the scores, and it would take 30 seconds of the broadcast, and it was over. Now, like, uh, news directors' uh, heads would explode if you wasted 30 seconds on giving scores without saying anything and playing music behind it. Well, we could have content in there. Dog bites, mailman, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> we we got to get that in there. Got to get this done. And and so. Cell phone outage across the country. But that's just how we've changed. I, I just, I don't, I don't know what, what is. J.J. want Like, people want to hear... J.J. wants the basketball fan to be more of a basketball fan and less of a LeBron James versus Michael Jordan fan. But it, but is the NBA and his baseball and his football, have they gone too far? In, and I love, I love that direction. I love being like, hey, I think this guy's the fourth best wide receiver, and here's why I think the top three are much better. I love that stuff. Like I, But I know the arena I entered. But that also invites people to have an opinion and to think. Like, I, I don't know... I always used to say this about news, especially like you don't always have to believe what you're hearing on the news, especially local. Mm -hmm. Like, do you really like you got to realize that someone actually had to care enough about it to put it on the air? And how did that get on the air? And don't be, you know, bump on a log while you're watching things. Don't be afraid to question stuff. Don't be afraid to watch stuff and just you're just going to accept everything that that you see because the talking heads telling you that. No, be active. Only like, if it's Klee talking heads. <laughs> Except for us, that's right. No, but I mean, like, I don't want. I don't know. I like. I, I like conversation. I don't like. I'm not always right. I don't know how many people are going to sit around here and sit behind this mic and go, "Well, I'm right all the time." People, are, that's not me. Right. I'm wrong. I make mistakes. We all make mistakes, and I'm willing to laugh at myself when I when I figure that out. But I, I don't know. I just I, we need to be more active. I, I there was a time, and Jeff and I still. I think we in the afternoon show, or in the midday show. Sorry. Um, that, you know, there's a part of us that always goes back to this journalism part of where we're from. Let's give information and let people figure out for themselves. But that changed for both of us because mm -hmm. we're sitting here and now people are listening. And they're like, well, what does he think about that? And I'm like, you know what? I've been watching this for 25 years. I should have an opinion on it. And you do. Yes. And you do. And so I, I don't know what JJ is trying to get at. I still don't. I mean, so who should be educating fans? I think that's that's kind of the argument he's having is that he's trying to educate fans and it feels like he's not he's not getting anywhere with it. And I think that's frustrating for someone like him, you know, to have all this wealth of basketball knowledge and and know the ins and the outs and the X's and O's, and then to come to the realization that people don't care about it the same way he does. You want the Doc Rivers? Why do you suck? And why do the, why are the Bucks not fixed? You want that take as opposed to trying to figure out the actual reasons why. The Bucks maybe aren't great. You know, right? when they're in a three-pass offense, yeah, they're in a two-pass yeah. offense. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And, no, it, and it's, right. it's tough. And again, but again, too, it's like, what are you gonna what are you gonna take in in life? Are you gonna are you gonna take in the the Netflix movie that's easy or the history lesson? You know, it's one or the other. Netflix movie always. It's way more fun. You know, what's fun. Mary Kay Cabot. We'll talk to her next. Ken Carmen with Anthony Limo will not be heard today because they're not here. So it's Jonathan Peterlin and it's me, Andy Baskin. Yeah, Ken's been sick the past couple days. Hopefully, he's feeling better. Hopefully, he'll be back tomorrow. And I imagine Lime will be, uh, be back next week. So, that'll be good. Yeah, I, you know, considering his child has turned what year? <laughs> Stop it. Am I wrong for doing this? <laughs> a little bit. Right? I, I think he's got things at home he's got to take know. care I, of. I, I Tending to a wife. The kid just got... He's being a good husband. It's a girl, a right? Husband. It's a girl, yeah. It's, no, boy. No, no it's a boy. boy. Oh, he's got Enzo the baby. Little yeah. Enzo. All right, yeah. Just got his driver's license.
<laughs> let's go to the <laughs> let's go to the North you're, Homestead you're, you're, setting, you're setting back all sorts of work practices here. We 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 fought very hard as a society to get parental leave to a point where you can take more than like a day. Hey, I'm all like for what it, used man. to happen 20 years ago. If I'm him, I'm taking the whole year off, man. You don't get that time back. My, my father-in-law was like, I got I know one, I got one day, and then I was back working, and I'm like, yeah, we fought hard to make sure that doesn't happen anymore. I know someone who will appreciate this subject, and uh, we will bring her on right now. Mary Kay Cabot is on. The North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You know her and love her every day from the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Please make sure you are reading her every day. Mary Kay, what a special treat. You now have to talk to me twice in one week. How are you? Oh, I love it. Just en- enjoying spending the week with you, Andy. Oh, boy. that's I've never heard that before. I, 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 I might You might have to have lunch with my wife just so she could hear someone say that once. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> right, Mary Kay, you had a story the other day, and I've been talking about this, and you hit a lot of points. I'm like... She got it right on this. I believe this. Why would the Browns end up in Brazil for that week one uh, game against the Eagles? Oh, so many reasons. Uh, As you mentioned, I pointed out most of them in a column the other day. And uh, a lot of the things have to do with the fact that, uh, you know, the Browns are, first of all, one of nine teams that are eligible to go. And then you start whittling away at those teams. And, you know, you kind of want to eliminate their division rivals. They don't want to lose that gate. And then they don't want to lose... Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town, if they can avoid that. Um, Then there are other teams that are already going to Europe, including the Jaguars and the Panthers, uh, going to London and Munich. So, you know, you just keep moving through the list, and it really comes down to the Browns and a couple of other teams. The Packers are still involved there, um, the Falcons. So it, it just really seems like it's going to make sense for, for it to be the Browns or that they have a really good chance. Another reason is the fact that uh, these two teams have really good working relationships. Uh, You know, they've practiced against each other each of the past two summers and have had preseason games together. And then the Browns really want to go. I mean, there are some teams that really don't want to open their season in Brazil on the road. I mean, that's going to be a tough road trip. That's going to be hard to fly that far and start your season like that. But the Browns actually want to do this. They want to be part of history. So do the Eagles. Uh, I think they have a really good chance of going. Yeah, I loved in the article how you, you mentioned, you know, Andrew Berry's brothers in Philadelphia working for the Eagles and all the ties there. And obviously Stefanski grew up in Philadelphia. And like there's a there's a lot there. I Would they still – do you think they'd still practice together? That made three years in a row. Would they still do that if they take on, if they took on each other in week one or would that go away? You know, that might go away in that scenario. I'm I'm not sure what the plan would be for that. That might be a little bit too much togetherness, but I mean, but you never know. They've had a good thing going, so I don't know if they'll continue that or not. Okay. And then do you know if they have an actual say? You said they want to. Do you know if they have an actual say in that? Like if they go to the NFL and are like, hey guys, listen, we, we really want to make this trip because it works out for us and we want to be a part of history, or is that the type of thing the NFL just, they they, they don't really care one way or another? No, I I think they would take that into account, especially when you have a trip like this where you are actually going to be making history, where you're going to South America for the very first time, Uh, and then also playing a Friday night game for the first time since 1970. Uh, There are a lot of things about this game that you want a team that's enthusiastic, that's on board, that's excited to go, excited to represent the NFL and be there. So I, I think that will be a factor. Um, I, I also have to believe, I mean, they've got a big concert there, too. If you're the grounds crew, you'd be happy if the team was out of town and didn't have to play the first two weeks at home. I, I, I would think just for the stadium itself and for the grounds crew, it'll give them a chance to 
make sure that the surface is the way they want it for the season. I, that that was one of the other reasons I I'm like Brazil doesn't sound like such a bad idea. Well, the the concert is actually you know would actually after be after the home opener. Oh, it is after. The, I think it's Friday after, right? Oh, why did I think it was before? I'm sorry, Mary Kay. Okay, my bad. Oh no, that's okay. It's just that that you know that is still going to be a little bit of an issue because you're probably going to have to play your second game on the road because the concert is Friday night uh, before what we, would be the Sunday game. So, um, so that presents a bit of a challenge because you really probably are going to be on the road for your first two games if you go to Brazil. Um, but I still think the Browns are excited to do it, and I think the NFL will probably take that into account. Yeah, September 13th is that is the uh, Billy Joel Rod Stewart concert. Okay, gotcha. Mary Kay, I heard David Njoku on the Green White podcast with Chris Long yesterday, and he was talking about his connection with Joe Flacco. And, and I, you know, we've, we're a few months or about a month away removed from the season now. We've had some time to think about it. But really, David Njoku, from a, a pass-catching standpoint, really was – he was his best with Joe Flacco. He had as many touchdowns in the Jacksonville game as he did in the entire point of the season leading up to it. And then three out of the final four games, he had 90-plus yards. Uh, those were the three of his highest the entire the entirety of the year. What is it about Njoku and Flacco that just worked, and how hard will that be for Deshaun Watson to replicate that? Well, I think there are a number of factors that go into that. First of all, uh, David had to get over a period in the season where he wasn't at his best. Uh, he was dropping some passes. Uh, he had to get back to work and get on the judge machine and do those kinds of things. So, you know, he really set his mind uh, to getting that turned around. And then I think also – uh, his accident with the, you know, with the fire pit, I mm -hmm. think that, you know, that really inspired him to, you know, to want to come back and appreciate the game and appreciate life and give even more of himself. So I think there was that. Uh, sometimes you have to take into account the defenses that you're playing and the caliber of those defenses. And then also he didn't have much time with Deshaun Watson. So, you know, you really can't judge Deshaun for much of anything in 2023, in my opinion, uh, because most of that can be attributed to injuries. Mary Kate, do you have, uh, just, uh, maybe from your perspective, I should say, do you have a priority list for free agents that the Browns should be signing that are currently on the team? Like Zedarius Smith. Like, do you, like, when you look at the Browns roster, you're like, okay, this guy's a free agent, but we, they got to bring him back. You know what? They have a, a lot of guys that um, that are on that list that, um, you know, it would be nice if they can bring them back, such as Zadarius, and I'm sure they'll try to bring Zadarius back. Um, but, you know, there are not a bunch of guys on there where you look at it and say, oh, my goodness, I don't know how they're going to try to contend for the AFC North if they don't bring this guy back. And some teams have that situation going on. The Browns really don't have that going on. Uh, they've got a lot of guys on there that they would like to have back, that they'll try to get back, um, but they don't have any, like, deal breakers on that list. If they had to replace, uh, you know, some of these guys, they would be able to do that. Receiver-wise in free agency, are you thinking Mike Evans? You thinking Gabe Davis? How how big you thinking, Mary Kay? Uh, you know what? It, it, it's hard to say. I'm, we're going to get a bunch of these answers when we head to the Combine next mm -hmm. week. But, you know, when you look at a, a T. Higgins, and, you know, I've, I've written this, that, you know, I, I really do think the Bengals are going to do whatever they can to keep T. Higgins. Um, I mean, if they can't, you know, then, then that changes the game a little bit. But I'm not entirely sure, certain that the Browns want to break the bank on the wide receiver position or any position, really. Uh, you know, they have to 
cap concerns this year. They're over the cap right now. And so I don't know if they're looking to go out and spend $20 million on any given player. Um, I know we talked about this the other day. I just, I, I thought about it after we talked and I, I just wanted to get a little bit more. Your thoughts on Dorian Thompson Robinson and the way that that quarterback room could look next year and, and maybe the way it should look next year, bringing in a veteran, maybe not bringing, giving Dorian DTR the chance to be the backup. It's like, how should that room look next year in particular with Dorian Thompson Robinson? Well, I I think the Browns realized last year that, you know, that they left themselves short at the backup quarterback position and that they need to have a veteran backup, especially with Deshaun coming off of a shoulder surgery. You want to have a veteran backup who can step in and win games for you right away. I think Dorian is a great developmental project. I think he's coming along well, and he will continue to do so. Uh, but I just don't think that, you know, they can take that chance of going into this season with him as the number two. So you'll see another veteran backup in here one way or the or another whether it's joe flacco jacoby Brissett, or somebody along those lines give me odds on flacco coming back oh that's hard to say right now um i i I don't really necessarily want to put a number on it i think this is going to be a big week uh for his agent to kind of gauge his market as he moves through indy and kind of sees the interest, because that's that's the key here. If if Joe and I've written this many times, if Joe can find an opportunity where he can compete for a starting job, be a bridge starter, um, or, you know, or at least have some kind of a chance uh, to get out there and play some football again, that's what he's going to want to do. He knows full well that that's not the situation here. So I think he'll look for those opportunities first. Okay, we know what Andrew Barry said in his end of season press conference, and I'm not saying everything he says is gospel, but. What happened this week that uh, completely shifted in, in regards to the public conversation around Nick Chubb? Have we just been that far removed from the, the regular season where now people want to bring that up? Or what is it around Nick Chubb with this week? Well, you know, it's, it's starting. Silly season is starting, first of all. <laughs> um, and so you'll hear a lot of things that, you know, don't necessarily make all that much sense or come to fruition. And people are throwing things out there. And it's also a slow week content-wise for a lot of people. So I think, you know, outlets and, you know, reporters or whatever are, you know, trying to get some content going and conversation going on some things. Uh, So I think that, you know, that's part of it as well. Um, But, you know, I'm going to be writing about this today a little bit more, but I don't really think anything has changed on the Nick Chubb front. So, again, I'll be having more to say about that as the day goes along. Uh, Mary Kay, the interesting conundrum is going to happen in December for the first time ever with this new college football playoff that we're going to have NFL and college, big-time college football on the same day. I'm just curious your take on that. You know what? I I don't have a huge problem with that. I mean, the the NFL is spilling over into, you know, every other day. Um, You know, before you know it, there will probably be football on on almost every day of the week, NFL. Uh, So I don't have a problem with that. I mean, as they move into the international game more and more, you're going to see different times and different days for for games. And I think the betting has a lot to do with that, too. I mean, you know, if you spread out those games, you get more eyes on them. And uh, so I just think it's just a changing landscape, and it will continue to be so. Merrick, I've got a new idea I want to run by you. Uh, so we, we all saw with, with Travis Kelsey, they decided that they, like NFL Films, didn't want to put the audio out there of what happened between him and Andy Reid. And it's like a little bit of a, are they protecting him? Are they not protecting him? Fine. 
I feel like in the next decade we're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a setup where football fans are gonna have the same situation that NASCAR fans and F1 fans currently have, where they can listen in on the pit crews and they can listen into the drivers speaking. Do you feel like a decade from now, instead of just relying on the broadcasters for the game, we're gonna have an option where you'll be able to like tune in and be like, hey, that that's what Miles Garrett had to say on that play, and we can listen to him. And that's what Deshaun Watson is currently thinking and saying. Or is that too much of a breach of privacy? It would be fun. <laughs> it would certainly be fun. And, you know, NFL fans, of course, have gotten a taste of it uh, when you've got a guy that's mic'd up. And, you know, generally you don't get to hear that audio until later. But um, and sometimes during. But, uh, you know, I think that, yeah, I think there will be more of that. Anything uh, to enrich the game, to get people to tune in when everyone has so many options. Uh, anytime they can push it forward, they'll do that. Uh, speaking of tuning in, there's a story out there that Amazon's going to pay $150 million for an exclusive streaming-only NFL playoff game next year. What do you think of that? Uh, once again, you know, there will be more games, more games played on different days, more platforms. Uh, there will be some streaming. Uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, it, it's going to be a wild ride to see where this all goes, but it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And, you know, I think the thing to keep an eye on, as I mentioned before, is the international game. There's such a huge, huge push uh, for, you know, to bring this game to the world. And, um, and I just think that that's going to change it so much over the next 10 years. Do you think the NFL, like, I think the NFL gets it right. I'm curious what you, if you think they get it right, that when they do these streaming games, that they leave it on over the air for the home markets. Like, I think that's super important that they do that. I think that's one of the things that's made the NFL who they are is the ability for the home markets to at least be able to see these games, even these streaming games. Yeah, that's, you know, hopefully they will continue that. Yeah. Um, but once again, it's all about the bottom line. It's about the money. But if they can do that, uh, then I think that that makes it fair for everyone. All right, February 22nd. This obviously has all the right in the world to change. But your guess for the Steelers week one starting quarterback is... Oh, boy. That, that's a good one. I'm going to say Justin Fields. Let me go Justin Fields. Um, it, it could be interesting. You know, it's going, going to be such a different quarterback landscape for the Browns this season than it was in 2023. And that's why they have to keep pushing the envelope and make sure that, you know, that they're adding talent and getting better in every way that they can because this is not your 2023 quarterback lineup. Uh, it will be much tougher. Thing you're most looking forward to talking about at the combine next week? Um, that's a good one. So many questions that you know that we already have for Kevin Stefanski and for Andrew Barry. So I, I think it would just be, um, you know, what what changes do they anticipate for the roster? How much do they plan to dive into the free agency waters? Those are kinds of things that I like to look at at the combine. Mary Kay Cabot, it was so nice we did it twice this week. Thank you so much, and I appreciate your time as always. You're the best. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. All Thank right, you, Mary Kay Cabot, uh, make sure you read her every day, Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, and, of course, she was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. She did say some interesting things. We're going to get back to that here in a second. We're going to get in 216-474-0092. All right, we had a great show planned for you, and then Poobah walked into the studio, so yeah, hey, this, I don't this know is if the you know This is the of the show. Argue with my boss about things. Yes. I love this part of the show. My goodness. So Other people wait, don't wait, have to do this. Let me introduce the segment. It's always game day for the Poobah. Okay.
Go ahead, game day. All right. He didn't You're need, welcome, he didn't by like the way. A, a 20 second question I have. So, we've had some dumb things said on this show, right, Owen? Every day. Right. And we actually made something called the Bad Take Tournament out of portions of this show, yes, right? Correct. And then, what in the break did you say about what we might be able to do now after what Jonathan said? I think we might name a region of the Bad Take Tournament bracket after the Peterlin bracket. All right. I have Peterlin your back region. a little bit. Can you have my back? Can somebody yeah, have my ahead. back? I don't so, like being ganged Puba, up on. You for, want to reiterate uh, what a you quick thought? Question to Mary Kay. Puba, what was a bad question? What was it's the not bad a bad take? question? Bad, it's the dumbest thing that's said on this air in the last 10 years. Oh, come on. It's a pretty good question. All right. What's the question, Jonathan? Say it again. I'll let you do it and then we'll just kill you. I need you to describe it in your own words the way you heard it. Sure. You said in 10 years. The NFL is going to mic players up live and people can pay for it. Right. And think about it. The way that all every sport is trending this way. We have baseball players turning double plays while being mic'd up. We have golfers going from shot two to three on a hole being mic'd up and going through their whole entire experience. Basketball players are being mic'd up. Like, you're seeing this everywhere in sports. So we're just to believe that the NFL is never going to go down but this has road. Has basketball made that a live thing yet where you can listen live? No, uh, they haven't. We're clearly so still in the early the stages The thing of with this. the listen live thing is when you are in close proximity to an opponent, it's much different than listening live into NASCAR, right? Where they're talking and that's, back that's and the, forth that's with That's the genesis crew of this, right? NASCAR F1, yeah. you can hear everything they're doing. And right. you can hear a driver talking to his crew chief and, and what they're talking about. And, and every once in a while there content. is trash talking. Here's, here's, great what, content. here's the difference. So, like, I can't see it going full-blown. I understand what you're saying. I think it's just mic'd you up. That's all it is. Blown. It's mic'd up because can't work with you. <laughs> if if they do it, they do it. It's mic'd up because the league is going to want to control the content. I mean, how many times do you watch an NBA game and hear the audio go out? You know why it's out. They had to hit the dump button on it. Right, but the unfiltered because access people, of this is what's going to make it so appealing. And I understand. That's and, the great thing about the rim mic because every once in a while you pick up And the you're going to think to yourself, like, what am I, what, what could I be missing out on? What could I hear? If I, if I tune into Miles Garrett because I pay $300 a, uh, a year for this subscription. Uh, now, this, that, the bad take is I'm not paying $300 to listen to somebody play. Any you game. might not, but somebody no will. No way. Somebody Puba. will. Jonathan, what. NFL player wants their it's live not, trash their, talking choice. picked up. It's like me talking to you about this segment right now. I don't want to do it, but it's my job and I have to. You know, this may be my favorite part. Of you not I got to tell you, I don't segment. want to do this, but I have to because it's, so it's my true. job. Right? So like, a lot of times in life, you have to do things because you want that check every two weeks. That's true. Football players want $50 million a year to be a quarterback. Guess what? You get mic'd up and you don't All get right. to trash talk the way you Advantage, want. Advantage, Peter Lynn. Here we go. Service. Jonathan, thank you. How many things do you think an NFL player has the choice of doing right now? Do they have a choice of, you know, I don't know, putting a, a different it's logo on my, their uniform? It's not my problem. It is your problem. The same way it's not my problem oh. if, if you tell me I have to do something. I No, 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 no. I have to do it. The Deuce. players do have a say in certain things, and they have an agreement with the NFL. There is no way an NFL player wants their trash talk or say, I don't know, what they said to Miles Garrett. Broadcast live. Why Advantage is it such a Why broth. is it such a protected thing? It's like trash talk. It's not chair. the. It's not the. And they know. It's because not like it's, it's a surprise. It's not like it's a surprise. They know they're going to be mic'd up, and they know they have to in order to generate the dollars and the income. They are a willing participant in that because it's, it's not like it's a secret. But like part of, the, part of the Mason Rudolph thing was with the understanding that he knew, or at least he thought he knew, that none of it was ever going to get broadcasted anywhere. That was the assumption that he had by the league, that he was always going to be protected by the league in instances like that, and he wasn't directly going to be live streamed. The same way, 
If I go on a radio station right now, I know this is everywhere. Right. I know it. It's not right. like, I, like, but again, like the cameras we have that are hooked up oh. right now, mm-hmm. they're great. That's not everywhere. Point. That is Peterlin. subjected to what you guys want out there. Mm-hmm. It's a different ballgame. That's Service, true. Poobah. They'll know that what they're saying is going to be out there, and they're not going to have the uh, the what, what they currently have, which is the protection. That's fine. They'll have to operate in a different manner. Football, That's part of life. Football also is one of the most difficult sports to coach, right? Because you have basically 30 seconds between each play, and you have to not only get your play in, you have to make sure everyone is lined up correctly. The headsets go off in 15 seconds, and the quarterback has to do everything from there and call everything. Sure. So now you're telling me that all that verbal stuff that goes from the coach and said by the quarterback is going to be Every allowed team to be is picked. different language. So yes, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, that way. but once you know the language, you can decode what's said. How are they going to know the language? Let me tell you, you what your best seconds. your best shot of having. Do you this have to decode the language and then and then dissect it and, and spit it all right off to him? And the, the closest no. you're going to get to this is the league might rebroadcast the game after it's been played and let you hear the headset mic. That might be something that could be somewhere in the future to get that insight into what's going on into plays. I still think it's going to be really difficult to do the other stuff that, that you're saying. There I is just, no I think it would be way. so entertaining. Oh, of course it would oh, be entertaining. Be entertaining. Yeah, I think because that. the entertainment factor is so large, the NFL will find a way to monetize it, and they'll find a way to get this done. You know what would be also entertaining? Entertainment is what drives all of this, right? Is there, Are we not in the entertainment business side Agreed. of things? Oh. Do you think Patrick Cantlay asked to be mic'd up from hole one to hole two? Probably not, you. but it's entertaining. No, I can't wait for Lima on Monday morning. When, when he comes when back from paternity to, leave, he is? he's coming back on Monday. Wow. And when he comes back and has a chance to respond to this, this is we not will the first save thing he this. wants to be talking about. No, no, it's not going to. This is the joy of this segment, which is I get to give this audio to, to Lima and say, please talk about it on Monday and make me right. It's going to be wonderful make to hear. Make me right. Right, because he can't segment? do it right of course. now. So he's like, make me right. I got to tell you, when it's all said, game, set, match, Peter, sorry, you lost. Why? Uh, because I think his arguments were stronger, better. No, because better. you're an idiot, too. <laughs> <laughs> go back to work. Can't you go bother the midday our, show? Our boss's yep. answer Actually, it's the afternoon show, according to you. Our boss's answer is because well, you're an idiot, what? too. <laughs> I will have to hey, say. Hey, what time is our show actually on? Do you know? Thank you. Are we on from 12 to 2? Yeah, that would be the afternoon. Boom! Game, set, match, Baskin. <laughs> I will have to say, as He's being the official judge of the show, Ireland came in a great underdog and really pulled yeah, you himself did, you out. You did a nice job, I will he say. He really that. pulled I himself out. I sat in the out. chair for that. Don't slam the door! Oh, he does that all the time. It drives me. I used to think someone was coming in and like they were going to do something bad when he would slam the door. 216 474 0092. That is the number to call. Anthony Castro Vance talking baseball with him. Next. Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima. They're not here today. You got Jonathan Peterlin and Andy Baskin. We're good to be hanging with you for another hour here. And then uh, Jeff will be in and Dan Menigan will take over for me at 10 o'clock. All right. So uh, thank God we got the poobah out of the room. Oh. <laughs> I, I've never met a guy that can suck the life out of a room faster than he can. Like, he, oh, that's not nice. He is. Uh, instead of poobah, <laughs> we should call him schlepprock, right? He's schlepprock. That's not nice. All right, so we so before we did the show today, and by the way, we'll hear from Anthony Castrovitz here at 920 MLB.com, and then Mitch, please, to take us home towards the end of the hour. Um, you sent out a list of things that you potentially wanted to talk to, and I looked at Owen, and I was like, what is this one all about? 
Do you no, know what I've question? No, I have no idea which one you okay, want to talk so about. Okay, so this oh, is one on. of the things that you want to talk about today, and I'm like, well, I so we, I got to I got to yeah. I got to ask you this just straight out. The question is, would you put a Neuralink in your brain? Oh yeah, I, I have a lot of and random. What things. is my what? What is that? Like, what are we doing? Are we doing Avatar? You don't know what the, the Neuralink? Like Avatar? I'm obsessed with Neuralink right now. We're not obsessed. That's that's not that's not the right term for it. But I, it's been popping up over the previous like 24 hours in a big way. Okay, help so me what it is? This. It's like a, it's a chip that you you put into your brain, you implant it into your brain, and then you can move. Like you can move like for like a like a mouse on a screen, for instance, right? And you can do it with your brain, and you can do everything with your brain, and so you can uh, basically it just makes life easier in a lot of ways. Uh, let me uh, give you an answer to this really quickly. Hell no, I'm not doing that. You're gonna implant something into your brain. Into your brain, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it makes your, you, let's say you're it makes your so life, lazy that you can't move a mouse. Let's say it makes your life ten times easier because it just does. It just. It, it responds to everything you want to have happen that you're thinking with your eyes. It controls that with you can do with the my, the mouse, anything. So like, yeah. Allegedly, we had cell phones hacked. I don't know. What, I don't know what this would cost. And that's, that's the maybe cost. the hang up. But let's say it's like thirty bucks and something really cheap, which sounds insane because they're putting something into your brain. Yeah, that's so not that my probably, hang up on cost. It's just putting something into your brain. Cost was not the first thing yeah, I thought. Opening of. up my skull, oh. not a big. So yes. you know I have sleep apnea, right? Uh, I do too. You you do as well, oh, right? Yeah. Do you have a machine Guys, and everything? Yes. No. Guess what? You do too. I have it too. Hey, sleep apnea, hey, brother. Guess what's oh, coming, Mitch? Stay in this room go. long enough, you'll be snoring. And have you seen the ads for the uh, the device that you can put inside you yes. to make it easy, so you yes. don't have to do the machine or anything like that? Yes. Scares the living daylights out. Okay, of I've contemplated that. So you contemplated that, so you won't contemplate uh, the well, Neuralink? That's a health issue. This is a, a laziness issue. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you're not wrong. I mean, I've used I've used pretty much everything because I'm not a, the the machine drives me nuts. I can't. Uh, it's so hard for it's me. A, to it's get a good brain night's computer sleep. interface is what it is. And it's you would do it, or you would medically invisible. I no, I don't think I would, but I'm fascinated by it. Is it real? Yeah, it's like this is like the thing they're trying to push these days. I, I, I don't know what's available to the public yet. Mitch, I was going to say. They're still in the testing grounds. This stems from an article that came from Forbes, I believe, two days ago, that the first human that was implanted with a chip uh, from Neuralink has recovered. And according to Elon Musk, they can now move a computer mouse with thought alone. It's wild. Like, we are we are getting there, Baskin. We, we are. Uh, you guys think the world is going to be so similar 10 years from now that it is today? Well, think about it. If you woke Completely up, it, it, if you fell asleep 100 years ago and woke up today, you wouldn't believe. Like, what, what is now, that thing? Jonathan, I would pay to listen to NFL players Neuralink. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now you've got me. See? Oh, we oh, blended it together. All right. <sighs> you ready for a little Guardians on television this weekend? Yeah, I'm ready. Reds. I Reds do every Guardians. year. I do this every year. I get excited for the very first one that's on TV, and then I sit down and I get myself all ready to go, and and then I I, I waste three hours of my day. TV? Who needs a TV? You got a chip in the back of your head. You can just watch it on the wall. The, the, the chip in my head can tell me like where right. what channel I need to go to, and it can it can fix fix everything I need. That's insane. I don't think I would do the chip. By the way, we need to make that clear. Oh, okay, I, I kind of I like the option of it being there if I want to. Yeah. If it becomes if it becomes normal. No, Jonathan. I think if you're the radio host that brings it up and they actually do it you have to get chipped yeah that's true it's part of the rules i'm just fascinated that is one it. of the good things about pooba like when he says something and you say something you got to do it you got to do it anything so. for content andy anything for content
And by the way, uh, they'll take the surgery out of your paycheck this week, too. Make sure you pay for it. Um, so are you on board with the Guardians right now? Are you excited about I'm having about such it? a tough time. Why? I can't figure it out. I, I don't know. Because I don't know they if it's didn't because... do anything in the offseason? That's why? Yeah, that's part of it. When you spend as much money on a backup catcher as you've spent on anything this year, yeah, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Steven Vogt? Replacing Terry Francona doesn't do it for you? There's, new ballpark? There's, I mean, it's basically we got a new ballpark coming in. That's what it looks like from the outside. Doesn't it feel like one? Because they've replaced the seats? Seats took well, them out. Taken There's out nothing a whole there. area. They're gone. Upstairs, yeah. I haven't seen the I haven't Blue seen the seats. Changes. Oh, just, I just seen I, the changes. Well, here, when just you look go down East Ninth leave. today, yeah. turn your head to the right. I always go the other direction that completely misses the ballpark, just so you guys know. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time, and I don't. I can't be alone here. I know I'm not alone. I, I am having a hard time getting excited for Guardians baseball, and baseball is my favorite thing. I've always loved baseball more than the other sports, uh, but I'm having a hard time. And I told you, usually I, I, for the first spring training game, I tune in, and then I regret it about an hour into the uh, the whole entire thing, and I, I don't even think I'm going to waste my time doing that. And, and I'm about, I'm not a destination guy, sports watcher. I'm a, I'm a journey guy. I can, I can go through bad seasons. I, I, I can go through a 75-win season. I can go through an 82-win season. I can go okay. through a 65-win season. It's not always about winning the World Series and only winning the World Series. Something about this team. I just I, – I, I'm having a hard time with this one. Maybe it is. Maybe it's Stephen Vogt. Maybe it's it's him replacing Tito. I, I can't I, – I, I, I don't know. Vote has no effect on me right now. I don't – it doesn't – I'm if reaching. he does a I'm, good I'm, job, he does a good job. If he doesn't, Jeff and I talked about watching this Watching Jose like, Ramirez and Josh Naylor play baseball should be enough for me. You'd think so, but I – I, I, I don't know. The buy-in here right now is just – it's just not there. And I, Maybe it's because I understand that it doesn't seem like they're building towards anything. They're just kind of existing, and they seem like they put the whole thing on cruise control in, in a weird way. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have conspiracy theory on the whole thing because the team can change hands, right? The Dolans can let the, the minority group come in yeah, and right. take over. So, I like, I, I'm just wondering if they're just trying to get everything clean and ready for a transitional change. They have an option. The minority group has the option to buy, from what I was told, uh, after the whatever the period was between they so five the, years, right? I thought it was five so. years. Yeah. I still think it's five years, but there was a point where I read something that made me think something different. Okay. But uh, I just I, I'm wondering what it's going to look like in if it stays with this ownership group because I, I don't know I, like how much money they're going to put into this thing. Where are we going? You're looking at um, Sherman, our former minority mm-hmm. owner of the team. Kansas the one that City. Now is Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the new ballpark they're looking at there? Downtown. Very oh, nice. Looks gorgeous. Very nice. I think. With and by the way, I'm just going to ask you this one. Is that good for the Chiefs? Then that gives the Chiefs the entire land. Because I don't know if yeah, you know this. I in mean, Kansas City, both the baseball stadium and the football stadium are in the same like remote place off the freeway. I can't and it's imagine one giant parking Arrowhead. I can't th- either. And so, but and it probably put a needs ton of money into that. It's got Kaufman has not had as much money put into it. Well, no, but, I don't but know. If, you, if you look at they the renderings, they redid it though. They redid that. Ballpark. They did. I mean, they took the fountains out. And all if that. you look they at the renderings though, there. for what's going to be downtown, it's basically what everything the Browns want to have happen. Is that it's going to have all the hotels? It's going to look like a team shop threw up in the in right. the mile radius of that place. Right. You have the hotels. It's all going to be Kansas City Royals themed. You're going to have the bars that are all going to be Kansas City Royals themed. It's going to look like Ballpark Village in St. Louis, where you you walk immediately out of the right. ballpark and you just have so many restaurants and so many things, and they're all Cardinals baseball branded. Same thing with the Royals. It's going to be really nice, and that's exactly what the Browns, if they had their druthers, would get here. Very Wrigleyville, right? Yeah, very much so. Very yeah. much so, yeah. And with uh, that, I'm telling you, the plans for that look phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the other plans that look nicer, the Salt Lake baseball plans. I don't know if you've seen those or not. 
No, what are those? <laughs> well, they're I mean, they're making a run. They want a baseball team there. For Salt so, Lake City? Yeah, Salt Lake. Yeah. There was talk. There was a lot of rumors. I'll get shot down by the NHL. Why are you avoiding the city part of Salt Lake? Oh, Salt Lake. I just called Salt Lake. Oh, you just, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't, so I didn't know play there was an of the Salt Lake. I didn't, know yes. I, I didn't know if there was something there I was missing or what was going no, on. No, I just called Salt Lake. I don't Okay. We have relatives out there. That's so why I just I keep my eye on some of that stuff that's going on out there. I, I, but I think part of the problem is, is that, you know, new manager, didn't make a lot of offseason moves. Shane Bieber's future is up in the air. There's a lot of things it's that... It's also been up in the air for three years now. It seems more up in the air you know, now than it, it did before. And, and, and it is, but every single year we've gone into, for, for at least the previous two, we've talked about Shane Bieber. And we've talked about, like, is this the year he finally gets traded? And now at this point, I, I'm like, all right, his value isn't what it was anyway. Here's what I've been saying for the last two days, that even if the Guardians are mediocre, they're still going to have a chance to make the playoffs. And And I can't wait to talk to Anthony because we were talking the other day about you know what's going on with this? This team might actually be built for the playoffs and not for the regular season. And how far do they have to go? Well, the playoffs are always ball goes far, team goes far, and they're not built for that at all. Pitching wise, though, they have pitching. That you just they need, you need get homers, though. You need you need the deep ball. That's like that's been proven time and time again. Well, that's to excel in the playoffs. I'm talking about just getting to the playoffs. Okay. They they could be built to get to the playoffs right now. Okay. But if you look at any power ranking, they're 20 and below. So I can understand why fans aren't excited about this team right now. It's like there's no, there there's no buzz. Yeah, it's weird. there's no it's, buzz on this. Team it's right weird now. to me that I just I keep falling in love with the idea of like this this next three month stretch is going to be a lot of Cavs basketball and it's going to be a lot of like you know other NFL storylines, but a lot of Cavs basketball. And I think the I think the Guardians are just going to be background noise for me. I I don't want to. I, I, I can't find myself not investing. background noise. There's still free agents out there. Maybe can they go out? Can Manzardo be this like? Hero that comes to town that maybe yeah, can hit like the ball. They're doing the same thing with him that they've done with every prospect for the previous how many years where they're not going to touch him for the first April. And then they and then they tried making that lame excuse the other day about, how, oh, well, pff, I just don't know how he's going to hit in cold weather in April. Okay. You know where that started. Tell me. Tell me he used to say It's that. ridiculous. Tell me he used to live it, though. It's ridiculous. I, the kid grew up in cold weather. It's not like he could never hit in cold weather. What are we doing here? I hate it. Absolutely hate it. But do you think you're in the majority? It makes, of the- it makes business sense fine, but I, I just, I can't. So I don't know. What do they do? They string off a 30-game stretch to start off the year that tell me they're serious. Are their actions going to back that up? Because all right, we're going to get to the trade deadline, and we're going to sit there and watch them do nothing again. I, no, I, somebody I, will come back tough. from injury, and they'll tell you this is just as good as a trade. I love baseball, so I know I'm going to get there eventually. I know it. But right now, it's just a really hard sell for me, Andy, and I can't Is it I just you, though? Do you on. think that... Like right now, the feeling, and again, we haven't played a game. They haven't played a exhibition game. Like they haven't a done baseball a, hangover. Sorry, or something. preseason because you got to pay for the tickets. A preseason game, I call them. It's still exhibition to me. Mm-hmm. That fans are not on board yet, just maybe because we haven't seen anything, or no one's excited about it, or you, you're coming off a season last year where Tito's gone now. Like uh, zero buzz. I have no one talking to me about. No it. one is talking about it. Hell, Owen goes to more games at the station than anybody. Owen, why? Why is there no buzz around the Guardians right? Now? Uh, I think because last season was a letdown, so it's and they is, didn't is do it, anything. Is it the hangover right? from last year? Is that yeah, what that is? Because I, 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 I might do be think part of that. For me, that's what it is. And and then they didn't come out and splash with anything. Although I don't know that they could have. done. There's few moves that they could have done that would have really splashed because they made moves last year. They tried. Yeah, and they were. They were not good moves. I get angry talking about him, though. I can tell. Yeah, I, I can I, feel. I, get, I heard it. In I know. Your voice this I, I morning, know. We were like, like it's like there's an uncertainty around Stephen Vote, who's never been 
a manager. You know, he just retired from playing the game, what, three three seasons ago? I, seasons I, ago? I, I'll be honest with you, and I heard this enough, and I believe this, that with Sandy Alomar around and with um, Carl Willis around, he's going to be okay this right. year. Now, now the question is, is what is he going to look like in year two as a manager? But I, yeah, but I can't even kill him if he sucks in year one because it's not, he told you how many times that he wasn't he didn't have baseball manager a manager experience like he's 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 mentioned that so many times yeah. in the previous couple months that you're like I I can't even blame you for it. But I look at a guy and who I wish would would be the manager here, Kevin Cash, same exact boat, right? Like was went to the bullpen, was a bullpen coach for us for what two seasons, and then how about Aaron was Boone in Tampa? Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about getting thrown into the fire. Well, here's but here's the difference. Here's what I think they're going for with vote. And I haven't voiced this one yet, so I'm curious what you think about it. I think he, you know, in the NFL, how everyone that was in earshot of Sean McVay got a head coaching job. And a lot of them have worked out. Zach Taylor is coaching the Super Bowl. Matt LaFour won three straight 13 win seasons. I mean, a lot of people in the McVay tree did very, very well. I feel like Stephen Vogt is part of the Craig Council tree. And this is just kind of how this works. Like he was with an earshot at Craig Council. And he was under council in many ways, even though he was still as a player. And it's like, here we go. This is this is your opportunity Here's because you I'm are around you. somebody that was, that is so great and perceived to be so great. I, I think the game has changed so much that what a manager does doesn't mean as much as maybe it used to. Now, I think Tito was still in a spot where you were playing old school and what he was saying was extremely meaningful. I don't know how much power you're looking at. Of course, the front office is going to mandate change or want change or do this. But the hardest part of the gig as a manager, and you'll listen to him, is the fact that they've got to talk to the media twice a day, before the game and after the game. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, and, uh, well, I shouldn't say that's the hard. Uh, making the decision to change a pitcher, if you're not doing it based on analytics, then becomes a hard job for a manager and trying to make sure that, but, I mean, it, don't you think there's a ten, there's a, a good meeting about who's going to be in the lineup that day beyond the manager every day for 162? Or do you think the manager just goes, oh, I'm going to fill out the card this way? No way. It's really tough. No way our, our our organization's doing it that way. I just don't believe it. I believe there are there are more there's more uh comment and input on what's going on in the daily lineup than just the manager. So I think that For manager's sure. job has changed and I think vote's gonna be uh popular on camera. So he'll do okay when he when he's gotta talk to the media. That's where he's at. All right, let's ask Anthony Castrovitz when we come back. 216-474-0092. Andy Baskin also here, and uh, I'm excited to bring on our next guest. He is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He is from MLB.com. He is Anthony Castrovins. Hi, Anthony. How are you? I'm good, guys. Just trying to help you fulfill your uh, your morning Anthony quota with Lima out. So. Uh, oh, nice. That is well done. I do have to tell you something. Um, you should be proud of yourself. Uh, for the first time ever, I met one of your relatives. I, I'm trying to remember where I was. And he came up to me and he goes, hey, do you know my cousin Anthony? And that's the first time that I think – Someone hasn't come up to me and said, "Hey, do I know your brother Bill first? So just so you know that, wow, that's a milestone in my family. I'll that, take it. That is huge because for your, his brother was a longtime sportscaster in Youngstown. I don't know if you okay. know that. Do you know I, that? No, I didn't know that. Now no. you know that. Wow, it runs in the family. That's I got to nice. tell you, and mm-hmm. it doesn't. And you can pronounce the last name either Kels or Kelsey. I'm kidding. Castro Vince or <laughs> Castro Vince, right? Uh, that's. You know, that not, would be his contention. I, I would say we're Castro Vince, but yeah, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, they he went different ways TV for a number of years. That's there, Castro Vince. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Isn't it? <laughs> Who went rogue here? What if you guys are clearly my brother, my older brother rogue. went rogue when he, he got to college and decided, uh, we're, we're a lot more ethnic than we used to be. And all of a sudden he was Castro Vince. <laughs> 
That's such a wild move. I love it. I kind of respect yeah. it. <laughs> well done. Well played. Uh, Stephen Vote, are you excited with what the new Guardian skipper can bring to the table? Uh, I like his, you know, I love his energy. Uh, just he's really all in. Uh, I was around them uh, a couple of days ago out there in Goodyear, and uh, um, you know that that was the words. Like you, you know, a personality like that. He's obviously got a big personality and you know, the Chris Farley impersonations and all that. Um, but you know, people kind of wonder behind the scenes, like, all right, is that just for show or, or what? But the definitely the word on Stephen Vote is, yeah, this, this guy's pretty genuine. Uh, what you see is what you get, and. Um, really eager and excited about the opportunity, and it's a big, it's a big job to go from. Yeah, you know, our, our researcher Sarah Langs found that the this is the least amount of time between a person's playing career and their managerial career since Larry Boa in the 1980s. Wow. Um, so it's it's kind of crazy to think that this, you know this guy was a player in a big league camp two years ago at this time, um, and now he's the manager. And so there's a lot of get to know you period. You know, really getting to know these guys on a deeper level and. And, uh, you know, his first camp he's run, uh, he's got coaches he really trusts in that regard. Craig Alburn is, uh, is, is really big for him and Kai Correa um, in, in terms of just uh, running the day-to-day -day, uh, in terms of how they handle their workouts. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, – his energy is definitely real. Okay, so you just talked about two guys that are going to help him do that stuff. I'm just curious, in your time covering Major League Baseball, which I think is more years than I – want to really admit how long have you been covering MLB we met you when you were uh, an intern yeah 20 years god man Phelps yeah. is gonna, it's gonna make Jeff feel old I can tell you that and me too <laughs> not you um, not, not you. me at all no way um <laughs> how do you think the role of the manager has changed in your time covering uh, it's changed a great deal it's just changed a great deal um you know it's it's so little of it I think is Listen, bullpen moves matter, and, and the way the game is played has changed, too, by the way. So the way it's managed inherently has changed by the way um, pitching uses has changed. And that's always going to be a big deal, how you handle the pitching staff. But um, I, I just think in today's day and age, particularly communication and, and you know relationship with the front office is so important. Um, and it's not even about having moves dictated, but it's just about how you come to decisions, um, that process. You know, you've got to have that, that symbiotic relationship with the front office. Um you got to have your players trust because, you know, you're going to be teams are, are more versatile in, in how they, you know, do their lineups and, you know, moving guys around and nobody has a set lineup anymore or, or they do. It's very rare, you know, so, and, and just, yeah, juggling bullpens and guys come up and down all over the course of the season, your bullpen never has the same complexion from week to week. So it is so much of it is just the relationships you build with these players and the trust you build with these players to know that, look, I'm going to put you in the right spot to succeed. Guardians are what? 81, 82, 83 win team. What are you thinking? Yeah, it feels that way to me. Um, you know, there's the upside is, is that the rotation is, you know, if, if the rotation is one of the best in baseball, which is potential, you know, it has that potential. Um, you know, that, that keeps you in games and, you know, maybe there's upside within the lineup. If, you know, Jimenez gets back to the level he was two years ago. If, uh, um, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, a lot of things have to go right, but Estevan Florial, you know, if, he's a guy who was kind of an under radar acquisition. If he pops for them uh, and has some pop for them, by the way, because we know they need that, um, you know, a lot of good things have to happen, I think, for them to be, a, you know, a legit AL central contender. But, you know, we also know that the division has a lot of uh, vagrant, you know, a, a lot of variety to it, a lot of variety of outcomes, you know, where 
the, the Twins took on some losses from their pitching staff from last year. Uh, the Tigers are making strides. The Royals are making strides. But I don't think any of these teams, you know, look great on paper, like look like they can vie with the rest of the American League on paper. And that means there's, you know, a wide variance in, in potential outcomes within the division. And the Guardians are one of those uh, where if, if the pitching holds up, if the three young guys who came up last year are, are healthy and, and take on more innings and, you know, continue to progress uh, in, in, in their uh, understanding of major league hitters, I mean, you know, the sky's the limit for that rotation. And that gives you a, a nice base to work off of night after night. You just said how many wins? You just said 81, 82, yeah, 83. Okay, so here's my question, though, for you, Anthony. When you look at the Diamondbacks and go 84 and World Series, yeah. how many wins? <laughs> how many wins do the Guardians really need to to win the AL Central or to get yeah, in? Yeah, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna point to the D-backs as that uh, you know that that shining example of uh, hey, look, that's all it takes, and it's true. I mean, Diamondbacks had a I was around them quite a bit this week uh, for a feature we're working on, and. Um, I mean, they had a crazy year last year where for the first two months of the season, they were the best team in baseball. And then for two months, they were one of the worst teams in baseball. They just could not score a run. Um, and then they kind of flailed uh, in the weekend leading in. You know, they almost cost themselves a playoff spot in the final week and were able to sneak in. And then all of a sudden, they just hit for for a couple of weeks there in the playoffs. And that made all the difference. So, um, but yeah, it just goes to show in this format, it, it doesn't take much. And, you know, if you are... I would say this, the Diamondbacks and the Guardians have similar styles. The D-backs are deeper. Their roster is deeper, and they've certainly done more this winter by a long shot. Um, but they, they, do, they are similarly uh, styled in, in terms of uh, how they you know, generate offense, with just the uh, you know, aggressiveness on the base pass, just athleticism, that sort of thing. We didn't see much of it last year because you have to get on base to show it. Um, you know, and, and the Diamondbacks have added some more power this winter, which – you know, the Guardians did not, and that's frustrating. But um, but then I would take the Guardians' starting staff over that of the D-backs probably. So it can be done. You know, crazy things can happen in baseball and often do. Um, I just wish, you know, like a lot of people, I wish the Guardians had, had done more in the last two years to, to build off what we saw in the playoffs in 22, you know, where that was a team ahead of schedule perhaps, but certainly on the rise and, and did some fun things in October. Um, but then last year just kind of stalled all that momentum, you know, with injuries and, and just not having much depth going into the season. Um, you know, you wish you had more support uh, because, again, if you, if you have a good pitching staff, that can take you a long way, and they have that. Anthony, I'm 34. I feel like by the time I'm 44, I'll still be talking about whether or not Shane Bieber is going to be traded from the Guardians. I, I, it's like <laughs> it, it's a never-ending story. Is this the year? Is this the deadline? Uh, is this the is this the time we finally see Shane Bieber on a different team, or are we going to do the same thing? Uh, it could very well be. I, you know, I think it, it most likely will be. Um, I'm, I'm really glad they kept him going into the season because you don't want to sell low. Uh, and I think there's there's probably a better than average chance that he has a strong season and you know rebuild some of that trade value, uh, whether or not they are in contention. You know, if he does, maybe they're in contention with him, but. If not, then he'd be a really fascinating trade chip at the deadline. Um, so, I mean, long answer short is, yeah, I mean, I think he'll probably be with another team at the end of the year because that's the history here where, you know, a player of, of his standing who's uh, nearing free agency, that tends to be what happens. But, um, you know, he was such a complicated trade case this winter just given that, uh, you know, that the injuries he's endured and, um, you know, it just wasn't the right time to, to make that move. Anthony, how much do you think the the Bally Sports stuff is affecting the roster and and what's going on here with the Guardians and you know the payday that 
isn't there but could have been there and the bigger bigger money yeah. and how this is all going to shape up. How, how much is this influencing what we're going to see on the field well i don't know i mean it's 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 harder to say it has that big of an impact now that that's settled for the year but it is only settled for the year so right. there's a lot of uh you know there, there's a lot of ways that can go in the future we don't know and you know they're taking a little bit of a haircut this year with the way it worked out um so that feeds into this as well but um, yeah, you know, I, I think that was kind of uh, the underlying story for a lot of teams this winter is the uncertainty of the of the local TV deal because we know what a big deal that is in, in professional sports and particularly in baseball in terms of generating re- revenue. You know, so when you when you change that equation, you change everything. Where do you think we're going with television and regional rights? And is it yeah. part of me thinks we're going we could be heading towards this Apple format that they're using for MLS? I'm just I'm curious what you think yeah. it's going to look like in the, down the road. I could see that. I mean, I, I mean, the, the most obvious is is MLB, uh, MLB TV. You know, and right. and without with, without blackout restrictions, um, I think that's a very real possibility, uh, and it's something that could happen as soon as next year uh, with you know majority of teams or half the teams. So, um, and that would be interesting because that's uh, you're taking a hyper regional product at that point and making it a little more national to where now you have access to. If you have MLB TV you have access, and you don't have blackout restrictions, you can watch any game at any time, which is pretty cool. I have it. Uh, I got the non-blackout version, by the way. It's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, so I can attest to it. It's, it's just great. It's a great product. You, throw up, uh, you can throw up four games at once. You can throw up the, the, their uh, uh, big inning program. is great. Going Bouncing from game to game every night. Uh, I love it. So I don't know. I, I kind of see it headed that direction. Big inning's awesome. Not enough people discuss big inning. It's, yeah. it's the baseball's version of the red zone. I've never seen it. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's great for just kind of a catch-all, you know, know what's going on around the league and, and takes to the big moments. And, you know, baseball's done a great job of improving its pace. But but still, it's, uh, you know, you, you want to be where the action is. You know, you want to be where the, uh, the moments of opportunity or, or games have a potential to swing. I mean, that's, that's what you want to tune in on. Jose Ramirez, it's going to be second or third in the lineup. I'm a big batting lineup guy. I I, I find that part of baseball fascinating. I, I Stephen Vogt said he's going to basically leave it up to J-Ram. Is that the type of thing you'd leave up to J-Ram? Or is it the type of thing where it says get him consistently in the two spot or the three spot, just keep him somewhere consistently? Yeah, I mean, as long as he's two or three, that's fine with me. That, that's optimizing him and his talents. And, you know, you want him to get the most at bats uh, without, you know, I mean, moving to leadoff always seems like uh, that that really is a real thing for players in terms of a, a, a adjusting their approach and that sort of thing. But so as long as he's two or three, um, it's going to be the same approach and, and the same guy we know. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't sweat that stuff. You know, I'm more concerned about the fact. Well, when, when Rosario was batting well, in mean, the two like, spot, that's when I was sweating. Yeah, no, it, you I, know? I yeah, yeah. Well, no, that was that was pretty glaring. You're absolutely right. I mean, the, the bigger the bigger problem is. All right. <laughs> Who's that for and says, who's that? You know, they don't, there's just not much. Somebody's got to step up and, and be a guy, you know, behind the guy. And, and Josh Naylor can do that. Um, but then, you know, you need somebody behind him. They just, they just need more depth in this lineup. They, they need somebody to, to really step forward uh, from the power perspective. And it's hard to really, you have to squint really hard at this roster to see that, you know? So like I said, I mean, Florial is really interesting. That's interesting pickup. I don't know if uh, you know he'll be kind of a wild card in all this this year, but um, but that's really grasping at straws. When you look at this roster, you need uh, and no pun intended with straw there, by the way. <laughs> um, you know they 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 need some thump. They need it the worst way. So I don't know where it comes and um, 
you know, Manzardo will be a factor here before long, and, and he has some power. And I don't know if you, in that scenario, if, if we see Naylor in the outfield at all this year, in right field, I really don't know. Um, there's a lot of ways it can go, I guess. But as we sit here today, it's, just, it's hard to see where the thump comes from. Are you surprised Quasse didn't get moved in this offseason? Um, you know, a little bit, um, just because sometimes once it, it, that discussion starts, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit. But, um, but he was another one where, you know, everybody has access to the same data. Everybody sees the same thing. It, he wasn't the same Class A last year, you know. So um, still effective, but, but not, not overpowering by any means. So uh, that affects the trade value, and they always maintain a high value on their players in trade to begin with. They don't come off of it. Uh, so, you know, surprise, surprise, not surprise. Once it's out there, you're kind of like, okay, is that the road they're going down? And is that, is that why they acquired Barlow? So they intend to move class A, you know, my mind went there, but obviously, uh, you know, class A is in camp. So it didn't happen. And um, it could still happen between now and opening day. But as it stands now, you, you know, that could, that could be a pretty good one, two punch in the back end of the bullpen with Barlow and class A. Um, but they, I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to know what was off with, with class A last year, but he just wasn't quite the same guy. You know, hopefully they can get that guy this year. Anthony, what do you got cooking on MLB.com right now? Uh, you know, so we're working on uh, a couple features for MLB network and one of them runs tonight, actually uh, on MLB tonight. I think people here locally will really like uh, it's a feature about Larry Doby oh. uh, receiving the congressional gold medal and, and his relationship with Steve Gromek. Uh, Cause it's really that picture. It, you know, yeah. yeah. Most of us have seen that picture of them uh, after game four of the 1948 world series. And the Doby family was adamant about having that picture on the medal, which is very unusual. The U.S. Met had never allowed such a thing where another person who's not being honored is on the gold medal. So I, I think people really uh, like the, the mechanics of that story and the relationship between the two families. It's really good stuff. That's What time is that on? Uh, that's on MLB tonight. Uh, I don't know the exact uh, gotcha. time it's going to run, but if people follow me on Twitter, I'll, I'll certainly be posting it quite a bit. Uh, right. and there's a written story to go with it tomorrow. All right, make sure you hit it. Let's go see. I want to go watch that too. So yeah. that's the good. Good. Thanks for the heads up. Anthony, thank you, as always. Look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. He's the best. He's Cleveland's own, too. Anthony Castrovince writes for MLB.com. And, of course, he was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Talk about some of the stuff he had to say. Plus, Mitch, please. Next. Fastest four-hour in radio history. I tell you, Jonathan, we have it's just flown. It's gone by quick, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like we just sat down. Now I've got to make it. I don't even know what to do with the rest of my day. you got a whole day out of you. What it's beautiful. I, I guess I'm going to go play golf. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. No. What yeah, this, this would definitely hit different if it was like, you know, June 7th. Oh, man. I'd be out. Me and you both. We'd, uh, we'd, I'd we'd go. We'd go. Yeah. Oh, yeah we, where would we play any? Uh, Probably somewhere in Twinsburg. Maybe Glen Eagles or something. That's it. You'd want to go over there? No signature? No. It's close to you. Oh, <laughs> you got to send a signature? I'll go to signature. Well, I mean, there's a lot of places at Barrington. Where else are you? Signature where is, uh, that's, uh, you got, I mean, you got to. You, wait, do you have a membership to Signature? Do I? Currently? Currently? You did at one point. Do you currently, currently have one? No, I do not. Okay. I do not. Our boss does. Could he hook us up? Yeah, boss has one. I don't think it works that way. Unless he wants to join us, then the three of us can go. Oh, he'd play. I think he'd take us that'd out. Be, that'd be a lot That'd of be fun. nice, especially if he could write it off. That's big, boss. Could you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> could well, you imagine being able to write off a, a, a midday golf trip? There are there are places, are congratulations there are places, on all places that can. Yes. I just don't have the type of job that I could do that, and that would be lovely if do, I did. You do realize there's a lot of business done on the golf course. I know, but okay. we have no – me and you have no reason of actually doing business on the golf course. You need to feel better about yourself. I'm not going to out-capone myself here and get in there. trouble. Yeah, okay. There's yeah. a lot of reason for you to do that. You're right. You're right. All right, I'm looking forward to this. Mitch, please.
Hello, Andy. This Hi. Is, this is our first uh, Mitch Please together. I'm I know. Very proud I feel like that. this. Please be gentle. Go. So, okay. So, our uh, clip today comes uh, from yesterday. It was Justin Fields on the St. Brown Brothers podcast. Amon Ra and John both asked him what people had been kind of buzzing about in the 24 hours prior to that interview. What was with Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram? Bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> But like, why are, you, why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm following the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Right? Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. You That's know? true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears There's more now that you don't follow them. Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, it's, okay. it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields to the drive Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over I want to see no football, but I'm going to do a podcast with my football friends and talk football. What, what is this guy talking That's about? That's what I thought was a little interesting. Uh, like, okay, I get it. You want to be on vacation? Be on vacation. But why would you be on a podcast while you're on vacation? Talking about football. If you're trying to get with away football from football friends. Yeah, Come little... on. We weren't born yesterday. We know. We knew why what Why do you happened. think he did it? He's mad. He's mad about how this is all unfolded. Now, what's interesting is in the past couple days, and th- maybe this is why Justin's backtracking a little bit, in the past couple of days, the Bears have talked like they like Justin Fields again. Yeah, I heard but that. I think that's a, I think that's a tactic. I think they're just trying to use it as leverage so that people don't offer him uh, a song and trade. You know, and like they actually give him something like, hey, hey, maybe we will keep Justin Fields so we can have Caleb Williams sit for a year, and then Justin Fields can you know kind of stay on our roster that way, and everything will be all right, and then we'll get rid of him. It, it puts some heat on some of the other teams. Like if you're Atlanta. And you know they want to get rid of Justin Fields. Are you offering a second or are you offering a third? You're like, I'll probably offer that third. I don't need to play hardball if they're not going to actually get rid of him. True. So I think the Bears are playing. I think they're playing coy right now, and I think they're. I think they're lying through their teeth at the moment. Um, and I think other Justin teams Fields can see right through that, though. It's not that hard, right? That's and and that's that's where Justin Fields is seeing right through it as well, right? Yeah. And and that's I do believe that the younger generation speaks through social media. And they speak through who they follow and who they don't follow. And not following somebody is a clear indicator of that. I, I, I have 92.3 The Fan and CBS Sports Radio in my bio. If I ever take that out of my Twitter bio, understand I'm not at the station long. I'm, I, I've already I've moved on. I've checked out. Like that's, just, that's the reality of it. So I think the same thing's happening with Justin Fields. I, don't, I haven't changed my bio in forever. All I know is that uh, it used to say – oh. Passing clouds is on the bottom of my thing. I forgot. I used to have all roads lead to men's league. No matter how hard you try to play it, it, all roads lead to men's league. But passing clouds is is something. What does that mean? So I'm glad that you gave me the opportunity to explain that. Ted Henry, as when I was working over at the ABC here, that um, one day I was, I think I was upset about something or something was going on. And he goes, Andy, passing clouds. Like, what are you talking about? He goes, relax. He was really into transcendental meditation. And I don't know, were you here when Ted was here? No. Ted's a legend. What was I mean, he's a legend to me. He's a legend to anybody probably, I don't know, what, 40 plus. You know who Ted is, right? Yes. Okay. So probably 30, you know, mid-30s, uh, probably people remember Ted from, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, one of the best news anchors in the history of the city. So, but he just looked at me one time and he just goes, passing clouds, man. I go, what do you mean? And he goes, everything's passing clouds. Everything is passing clouds. And I kind of took that to heart when he said it. And I still get upset about stuff like the seven tacos, not six tacos we had last night that were like 60 bucks. You do, by the way. You do have Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan, odyssey.com right there. Yeah. 
Should we should we worry about that? You got no? all your credentials. Well, if you if you ever take that credential out, we just know you're one foot out the door. I got well, I got too many things there. You got a lot of things there. I should just put my LinkedIn bio on there at the bottom. Just that's basically, see LinkedIn. <laughs> that's what it is. Where is he working at today? That's what you could say. <laughs> all right, I also need to catch up with you on one other thing. Is are we done okay. with this? Are we done? Okay. Yeah, yeah I just w- just to wrap it up. Mitch, P- please might be over now because before the segment started in the break, Jonathan correctly guessed what the clip was. Mitch, you got to step your game up. Oh, is that a bad thing that I was yeah, able to guess it? Supposed to, no, you did a good job, and you know I tried to bluff it off as much. You did man. bluff it off, yeah, yeah. Listen, but you're getting too predictable back there, man. Why, why, why do you take this guff from him? Who cares? <laughs> I see. I'm looking at your face. Your face just went blank on that. <laughs> Owen's trying to beat you down a little bit during the show. We don't need that. Builds character. It's the older brother. Anyway. I gotta tell you, I <laughs> don't take this. You guy. need to. You need to fight back a little bit. Do Look not nice fight me, Mitch. Yeah, I don't think fighting. Right, at least a good he smiled. Idea. All right, I'm good. Curb your enthusiasm. Okay, so I've been trying to for four. Yes, are you in on this too? A little bit. I'm not as not as big as you guys are, but yeah. okay. They're retelling jokes, and it's bothersome to me. Is that? It feels like we're. I, on first a- off, I'm not loving the season as of right now. It's got it's got room to change. But think about it. Think about it. The I'm gonna, and there's no spoilers here or anything like that. But he All drops. Right, so if you haven't watched, don't. don't he you, drops the eyeglasses into the toilet. Oh, and then those... he and then he goes out and he tries to get the maid and he's right. like, "Can I offer you money to go ahead and do that, or you offer your tip?" And she's like, "No." And it's the same thing he did in a previous episode, like seven years ago. I called this on the spot. I'm like, seven years ago, he had that whole scene where he dropped his cell phone into the toilet, yeah. and then he went outside and tried to pay the temporarily unhoused person to come in and and grab the cell phone out of the toilet because he wouldn't do it. Like Larry David's in reruns. But that's who Larry David. I I, I don't know. I, I I feel like this season's been okay. Um. Tracy he's, Ullman he's doing all the same jokes. Tracy Ullman makes me want to jump through. Like it, when I first started watching the show, Larry used to drive me insane. I couldn't. I was like, I don't know how much longer I can watch this. I can't stand it. It's driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. And then as it went on, I I, I loved it. I, to me, it's this link to my dad and my brother who both passed away since the show started. Um, that we used to have conference calls after the show to break it down. One of the best uh, TV yeah. shows in the history of television shows. I, for I'm okay. I'm okay with but, what's going on right now. I mean, oh. you can't really steal advice uh, maybe from a I, club Maybe pro. I anticipated too much. Maybe I amped it up too much in my brain. How will it end? I That's my question for you. How will it end? Better than Seinfeld, hopefully. Oh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Mitch, I think you did a great job today. Thank you. Same to you. you to that. Owen, you need to take it easy on him. Mitch, you step up your game or look for a new job. Jonathan, I had an absolute blast. I had a lot fun. of fun. This it was great. quick. All right, so are we done? Can I say goodbye now? Am I allowed to say goodbye? All right, do your do your own goodbye. All right, well, good. Hey, listen, uh, I think it's Jeff Phelps is up next. I think he's the guy that hosts the One show. One of those up and coming guys. Yeah, it's Baskin and Phelps without the Baskin and with the men again. How's that sound? Be a hero, be a real hero, be an organ donor. LifeBank.org. See you, everybody. See ya. Thank you. Hey. Sounds good. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 